Hello there, you lovely people. Welcome to True Cult Pop, a podcast about music. Uh, it's me, Stephen Hill. Hope you're all right. I hope you're having a nice day. This is episode 52. Cheers for tuning in. Appreciate that. I'm here. I'm joined as ever by... You're my best friend. Ooh, you make me live. I don't know why I'm singing that. It's because I'm talking to Gaz Jones. Yeah. How you doing, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, Yeah, maybe we should just like make sure this is actually a music podcast because, you know, people obviously don't like background and, you know, putting splashes of colour in things, right? What do you mean by that? Well, I don't know. That guy on on Twitter... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I might have missed that. Did I miss that? No, you couldn't miss it because you fucking replied. <laughs> you were having a long conversation with him. He was. Oh, he was they. Talk- yeah. Oh, um, somebody. You t- get, t- you, and then you dragged me kicking and screaming into it, going, no, well, Gaz talked about the exiles. I'm like, whoa, 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 don't you be You've hugely misread. This. You've hugely misread this as a, as a as an aggressive conversation that it absolutely uh, was far from. Was it top bands? Oh. No, it wasn't top. It was just a conversation. Just somebody saying. Get on with it when you're talking about right. Code Orange, which is, you know, fine. Some people don't give a fuck about the context around an album. They just want to know what it sounds like. Right, that's that's fine. I'm not cussing. I think the guy's name is Frank. Not cussing you out, Frank. I was about to start the podcast, funnily enough, actually, by saying how nice it was that um, we've just had our best ever month for download. I mean, it's not even over yet if you're listening to this podcast the day it comes out. But yeah, we've still had got a couple more days. We got a couple more days, but we've already smashed through um the i'm just looking at the analytics now we are are we we are hold on that's our last one we're a good two and a half thousand more downloads this month than we've ever had before and that is on the thursday the 28th so we've got a couple more days so um if if you've been listening in for the last uh month or so you know whatever welcome thanks very much appreciate that and cheers for tuning in i hope you've enjoyed the show hope you enjoyed the show last week when we did a bit of a q a for our year with 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 on the brink i think i'm not going to jinx it by saying it will happen but we're on the brink of in a year doing a hundred thousand downloads in a year it's quite good that's ridiculous it's quite good isn't it I, I can't quite quantify that many zeros really mm, yeah that's um that's mental thank you ever so much to everyone out there um for for tuning in lending us your ears man it's yeah so much appreciated it's nice because i know <laughs> that that's more than right at got in the first year so um yeah i got proved right um <laughs> you had the anyway, last laugh steve and, and needless really? to say i had the last <laughs> laugh uh what are we talking about code orange um what, what do you think about the new code orange? me and sam put a review up this week of the new yeah. code orange album uh you went around to do it what do you think of the new code orange because you got sent it as well so i think you should I get your say as well what do you think all of right it? sam's um, the context i like I, I do like it I do like it. It's it's one of those rare oh, albums worrying. that actually... Yeah, there you go. There's Gaz's hot take. Oh, I like oh, it. Dear. I think Here it's we quite go. good. Well, I don't love it as much as you and Sam. No one does. No. No, I think even the fucking band are like, whoa, chill out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, actually, it's actually quite nice, like listening to an album like from start to finish and an album actually getting better as it progresses the best songs are in like the last half mm. i think i agree uh, with I, that yeah I, I i fly and splinter the soul just yeah chef's kiss man really good absolute chef's kiss and the game 
Uh, which is the one that sounds like garbage in Sneaker Pimps? That mirror? Mirror. No. The mirror, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. It sounds like 1997, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I like it, man. I think it's really good. I'm hoping that it's going to broaden them out to a lot more people who maybe didn't give them the time of day previously. The, That's what I hope. The old, the old, it seems like in 2023, the ultimate thankless job in music is being a member of Code Orange. Because people are just, there's so many people out there on, you know, Reddit and, you know, faceless knobs that just give them such a fucking hard time. Why is well, that, Stephen Hill? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I do know. I sort of do. I think I sort of know. I think the right. thing about Code Orange is, I mean, again, go and listen to me and Sam talking about the album for 70 mm. minutes if you want my real sort of deep thoughts on it. But broadly, what I think it is, is I think Code Orange um, are doing a sort of thing that, it's funny actually, because someone within the industry compared them to the wrestler CM Punk. And I don't know how much you know about CM Punk. I don't know uh. loads. No. I just know that he's um, somebody who isn't really willing to compromise at all, for better okay. or worse. Sometimes, right. recently, for quite a bit worse, I think. And he's quite hard work. And actually, I think the thing is, is that, look, again, you know, I said this in the, the review we did of the Code Orange album. I've got a pretty good relationship with Jamie. We chat back and forth. Mm. The, the the kind of the the preconceived idea that people have of the members of code orange that they're going to be like arrogant and you know kind of up their own ass and all that sort of stuff and and you know they're just they think they're better than everyone else it's not true they're, they're like no. they're not actually like that they're just really really confident and they're very clear about what they want their music to be and they're not really willing to compromise on it and i think if you can back that stuff up then i don't really see much of a problem with that and for me they have been backing it up for about a decade now so i like i don't really mind them being you know and i i, I think they've got less kind of gobby as mm. um you know as their career has gone on i just think i just think they make better music you know, like of, of that ilk than anyone else and i think yeah, when you do I, that I, I and then you say that, that yeah and I think when you do that, and then when you say that as well, uh, you know, I mean, some of the things that people, like somebody like said, oh, you, well, if you think this is good, you go and listen to Orbit Culture. And it's like, well, look, Orbit Culture are good, right? I think Orbit Culture are really good for for one of those bands. But like, I don't necessarily, like what are Orbit Culture that is doing that is so forward thinking and progressive and unusual and new that Code Orange aren't doing? Like, you know, they're, mm. they're, they're just, They've just chosen a slightly different part of the 90s and have hyper-focused in on one very, one and literally only one very specific part of the 90s where even if you don't like the fact that Code Orange, you go, oh, it sounds like the 90s. But it sounds, at least it sounds like eight or nine different things from the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Uh, rather than one thing from the 90s that never really sold that well in kind of melodic death metal like i don't know i don't know i love i love it i'm still been i'm still listening to it i think mm. you know come the end of the year it's uh i'm going to be talking about it i don't know i think people i think people just like bands and artists to be a bit boring now which we'll get into when we do what might be the last ever healy watch 
on this week's yeah. show. <gasps> oh, sad day. Oh. Anyway, um, go over to... Oh, by the way, on the show this week, uh, you asked for it on our Q&A last week. So we're giving it to you. What we did, the very first... Again, it was my idea, so I'm happy to... I'm, I'm claiming it. One, the very first it, ever episode we did of uh, of the when this was the Riot Act podcast. It was never... But anyway, um, when I was doing that, there was the Venn diagram... Mm. Of, of Riot Act and I've decided to adapt that idea because someone said well, why don't you do the event diagram of Two Cop Pop I thought what a good idea we're going to do it bit by bit we're going to do it by kind of genre by genre because there are more genres to play with but we're going to call it the Mount Rushmore of True Cult Pop so four nice. artists from each genre that we cover and talk about and there are a lot of them will go on to the Mouse the, the Mouse the, the Mouse 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 <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Fuck me. A ball of scotch. <laughs> Rubbish. Rubbish words coming out of my mouth. The Mount Rushmore of True Cult Pop. Today, punk rock, prog rock, and funk in all its many guises. Mm. Go on to the Mount Rushmore. Four artists from each of those three genres will be having that discussion in a little bit. Um, before we go any further, do check out True Crap Pop, where we search for the worst album ever made in history. Me and Sam did that this week. That's up on the feed now if you want to go back and listen to that. We had a lovely chat about Live It Up by Crosby, Stills and Nash. <laughs> David Crosby. <laughs> what a hilarious, what a hilarious chap he was oh, and is. Yeah. Uh, were you familiar with that album before we spoke about it? Have you ever heard I'm it? No, mate. Ne- never listened to it before. Obviously, I've listened to it now. It's oh funny. my giddy gosh! It's funny. It's mm. funny. Uh, <laughs> it's a very funny record. And even if you don't want to listen to the record, you should definitely listen to that. Well, watch the video for the title track, which is yep. completely mad. Completely oh. mad. Um, also, if you want to sign up for some of our exclusive content over at patreon.com forward slash true cult pop, then we would appreciate that. You can sign up and this week for any amount of money that you sign up for, you can suggest an album. A lot of people have been suggesting their albums. They are going back on a spreadsheet. They're all going back on a spreadsheet. So nice. we're going to get through them. And I'm prioritizing those people who said, hey, by the way, I haven't had one. You are being prioritized at present. So Fair. hopefully um, that will eventually kind of mm. cheer people up. Be nice, wouldn't it? Cheer them up in it. Yeah. Nice. But if you want to sign up this week, you can hear Gaz and myself talking about the 1994 debut <laughs> album he didn't suggest it by the way it was suggested on our patreon page skin by skin you love that didn't yeah you? oh you mate love that it was basically just me saying ah this is brilliant the dying it embers was. of of kind of yeah british classic rock um yeah that was a lot of fun i was yes. so happy that someone picked it yeah, it, it, I won't go too much into my thoughts now, but it was certainly an in, it's interesting to touch on a period, a style of music mm. that, we, that I don't talk about that much or I don't know loads about from a period that I certainly don't know that much about. So, yeah, yeah it was good. It was good. You should go down and listen to that. And if you go for the £5 tier, you can get two exclusive podcasts a month. Coming next week, I've decided to make life a little bit easier for me because you know that I've got stuff going on at the moment mm. too much stuff so i was like i don't have time to yeah. write big old scripts so i'm gonna do um the next thing on the five pound tier if you start five pound tier where to start with rem that's what we're gonna do next cool you happy with that so i've just just thrown <laughs> more than happy <laughs> yeah 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 i love a bit of live decision making yeah i just i was like i can't don't know if i've no, got that's fair 
45 the, pages of notes to write about bring Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. So, I, I was already like, I, yeah, I'm actually secretly glad about that as well because I've got a very busy weekend coming up, mm. and I'm like, fuck, I've barely written anything. Yeah, about two of my absolute favorite albums from one of my absolute favorite artists. <laughs> so yeah, thanks, thanks, um, good mate. Yeah, no worries. That's fine. Mm. All good. All good. So we're going to do a beginner's guide to REM, where to start with REM, the albums you need to know, the songs you need to know, all that stuff. And because cool. uh, me and Gaz are pretty familiar with their entire back catalogue, I think yeah. that will be a little bit easier for us. And it should be interesting for you. That's on the £5 tier at patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. Right. Before we get into other things, um, songs in our head this week. I'm going to let you open this week, Matt. I'm going to let you start. Okay. Give your pick first. Because I had literally never heard of this artist before. Really? In my life. No, never. Do not know this song at all. It doesn't actually surprise me, really. Well, the the artist I picked... Well, I kind of picked this, this, this artist and, and this song especially because I've been going like headlong listening to nothing but that new Kylie Minogue album, which we did... I think a pretty decent deep dive on did a review of that yeah that's on the thing um yeah by the way i should say it's really good it is very Mm -hmm. good by the way um the september the review of all the stuff we've been listening to over september will be coming out next week we're going to do like just a sort of bullet point bang 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 of about 20 albums i think yeah so yeah but yeah it's a lot it's quite a lot we should do, we should call it like the Christogoo report or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we should. Yeah, that's quite. It's a deep, it's a deep cut name in it, but it like, is a deep I cut like name. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Um, obviously, instead of the U's, we put V's. So yeah, keep it on brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but listen to like yeah, pretty much nothing but kind of Kylie, and I was just like. The artist I picked like, from my, my kind of ear when we it was an artist called Shura. Um, the track's called Too Sharp, which is off her debut album. Um, come out in 2015. 2016, sorry. Um, and I could never understand why she never got, like, kind of massive. Cause she was doing this kind of, like, sophisticated kind of electronic kind of music that, you know everyone's rightly raving about with this kind of new quality. I was trying to work out, you know, when did this kind of thing kind of start, really? And I, I sort of go back to, you know, kind of Robin's debut album, I guess. Mm. You mm. know, what was that, 2008, I think? Yeah, right it was... Sort of like, you know. I couldn't give you an exact date, but that feels yeah, about Yeah, right, 2007, yeah. 2008. Um, and which is, you know, I fucking, I fucking adore that album. Um, mm. But it sure is... Uh, um, British artist. Um, I remember her doing this song on, I think it was Jules Holland, but it must have been a good 18 months before the album finally drops. And I was just like transfixed because it's just like the most kind of perfect kind of introverted kind of pop song, like beautifully kind of shimmering, sophisticated pop, synth pop. Um, and I kind of remember her being a bit hyped at the time when she released a couple of singles. Um, and uh, nothing's real was what, what, like one of the one of the other singles that she released at the time. But then the album just didn't come out for like kind of eighteen months, and hmm. I guess the shit kind of moved on. Um, she's done two albums; they're both amazing. But the debut album is it's a bit of a lost classic, really. I think 
it, it's interesting actually because it appears that that album came out on Polydor, which obviously is a big label in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And then it got to number 13 in the UK album yeah. chart, which I think, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because if a rock band got to number 13 in the UK album yep. chart with their debut album, we'd all be going, Ooh. oh my God, yeah. oh wow. Especially yeah. in like, you know, that era. Mm. But for a pop artist, it's like, oh, well. Nothing. Oh, well. Laters. You bye failed. Bye. You fucked it. Like, you're, and you know, mm. and she's obviously been dropped and yep. signed to Secretly Canadian, which is an yep. indie label yep. um, for the next album. Now, again, I've not heard, and, and that only got to number 61. Now, obviously, I've not yeah. heard enough of um, of Shura to know, like, where to kind of start or stop or whatever. But I listened to a couple of other songs after mm. listening to Too Shy, and I was like, this is absolutely a bit of me. This is yeah, absolutely is. a bit of me. Amazing production. Yep. Really, really great production. Like the iciest of icy synth. She has this kind of that that brilliantly kind of disconnected, haunting female vocal. It's hooky as um what are those jackets that fishermen wear when they keep all their stuff on. Don't know what they're called. But you get it, it's got a lot of hooks on it, hasn't it? God, yeah, it's, it's hookier than Peter Hook in a on a fish um, hook. On a fish hook in uh in in the place hook which is a yeah, place yeah, near yeah. me on on hooky street <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh anymore no that's it that's, um, it, that's all i got uh, watching peter pan with captain hook of with course. captain hook of course <laughs> captain hook so i'm getting a bit of mando yanucci there um yeah and I, I was like this is this is really good this is really good and it's made me go I, where's this person gone yeah like 2019 that doesn't feel yep. like that long ago it actually is unfortunately yeah, but yeah. um it doesn't really yeah. feel like that long ago and i suppose no. that happens and i suppose the pandemic kind of happens about seven months after this record comes out after the second album yeah it was yeah. I mean, the second album come out like towards the end of 2019 august 2019 yeah 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 um i remember she was she was meant to be touring like 2020 and i was like oh yeah, i'll keep an eye out for that and obviously obviously happen and stuff and, um like yeah since then just literally just like zero radio contact just nothing yeah and it's just it's just one of those amazing albums that kind of fell between the cracks nothing's real is an absolute lost classic album for me really i, I picked yeah i picked up on i picked up on vinyl uh earlier this year just randomly saw it at a, at a record fair and got very excited it's um, been very well reviewed as well but yeah it has crazy. it was across the board yeah. I remember the, you know the Guardian loved it, just, it everyone four fucking in a Guardian, loved it yeah eight in Clash four in yeah. music 79 out of 100 on Metacritic I mean that's pretty good considering you've got like a 7.7 Pitchfork are always the ones who bring them scores down on Metacritic always right? but always. a 7.7 on Pitchfork is nothing to sniff at three and yeah. a half in Rolling Stone or Rolling Stone in Q Q gave it three it's not really what I would expect Rolling Stone or Q to be particularly au fait with, to be honest. But like Pop no. Matters, that's like give them a nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Eight it's singles. Great. Eight singles well, released. From well, me. digital singles. Digital singles. Chill, chill out. It's not, it's, not, it's not bad or dangerous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not bad or dangerous, I would say. It's neither. Fair. It's a bassy. Yeah. Um, but which mm. would be dangerous and quite bad if you were. True. You know, only wearing a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, that'd be bad. Freezer mate. burn. Anyway, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. It's really good. I might check cool. her out some more. Yeah, you should do, mate. You should do. I will. I will do that for sure. I have been listening to Bear Tooth a lot this week. Mm. I've been listening to three things a lot this week. 
And one of them the is Shania Twain's Come On Over, which I've been listening to a lot. What, a, what an album. I've been listening to that a lot. I don't what know why album. I suddenly just went, oh, I'll put on Shania Twain. And I was like, fuck me, this is great. Yeah, I've been listening to the complete discography of Beartooth. And I've been listening to, as we'll talk about in a little bit, Prince. Just been listening to Prince quite a lot as Fair. well. I have been listening to a fair bit of the stuff that we're going to be talking about on the show as well, yeah. just to kind of yeah. reacquaint myself. Um, no, no spoilers. I've already given you a spoiler. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I was listening to Beartooth, right? Because I've got a new album coming out. I did a feature with them, which you, I think is in the, the latest issue of Metal Hammer. You can get a bundle with it being the kind of cover as well, which I would like to have because, you know, writing the cover feature for metal hammer always a thrill for me oh, um, and you know it was interesting i think i sort of said you know i went out to poland to see him a few weeks ago and they've got a new album coming out uh which i'm sure we'll talk about at some point I'm sure um looking forward to that and um Paige hamilton has just joined my meeting at six o'clock not not five is he coming o'clock. in here no, he's not coming in here because this is a different <laughs> meeting. Right, we we stopped for a second there and edit. I actually did have to edit something out because um, <laughs> I was meant to do an interview and uh, and the person I was meant to be interviewing, well, you just said who it was, and it's not their fault. And uh, they, they've gone by the time I stopped. And so basically we've just had, what was it, about <laughs> five or six minutes of faffing, didn't we, Gaz? Absolute faff. Yeah, so anyway, I was talking about bear yeah. teeth, I think. Um Dead air is a crime. Dead air is a crime. And mm. I think, you know, I, uh, I shouldn't have... Uh, yeah, I, I did a swear, didn't I? I did a couple of swears. Did a little swear, did a little swear. Yeah, I did. So, Bertie, yeah, Bertie's got an album coming out. We'll, we'll talk about that at some point. And yeah. um, that will be good because it is actually very good. And they've been a band who I liked and then... I sort of, I didn't di- start really disliking them. I just was like, oh, I, I haven't really sort of thought about them that much. Do you know what I mean? I just sort of stopped thinking mm. about them a little bit. But I went back to listen to a bunch of their stuff. And their album that came out prior to the one that's about to come out, I think is great. Um, and I went all the way back to Disgusting, their debut album. And the first song on Disgusting, The Lines, right? Which I remember hearing, I probably heard it. I was on Team Up Radio. We used to play it a fair bit on Team Up Radio towards early 2015, I okay. want to say. I want to say that's when it was. It came out that came out in the middle of 2014. So, yeah, towards the end of 2014, I remember we were playing the lines quite a lot. And I was like, this band are fucking good. They're really, really good. And I still wonder if I think that Disgusting might be not strictly the best, but maybe my favourite Bear Tooth album, because it is good. It's really good. And um, yeah, man, I just listened to it again the other day and I was like, it had been one of the songs, because it was like the first song that I ever heard. It wasn't the one that I went back to that much. But I listened yeah. to it the other day and I was like, fuck, it's great. It's mm. fucking great. Great riff. Big hook. Caleb sounds me- like mental angry on it. I, I rate this as a sort of opening as an opening shot across the bows. It's a fucking good song, man. Fucking good. Oh, it really is. I, I, I haven't listened to Beartooth in a long, long time. I remember this album coming out and they're getting a bit of traction and stuff. Um, <coughs> excuse me. 
Um, you know, probably like, you know, corrosive punk riffs, bloody hardcore beatdowns, metalcore in there. It's, it's uh, yeah, massive kind of, you know, dare I say it, helmet-esque riffs. <laughs> yeah. Steady. Uh, yeah, sorry, mate. a bit of a sore point um, right now, but Yeah, fine. sorry, 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 sorry. And, uh, yeah, kind of forgotten, like, how fucking badass and serrated Caleb's voice was back then, you know. Fucking good bands, man. Consistently good, you know? Mm. Are you in, Are you uh, into sort of the, the last few albums and, and all that? Uh, I, I'm not going to lie, I haven't really kind of listened to... I think the last one I listened to was... Let's get it up here. Uh, oh, no, I, I remember Disease coming out. I remember mm-hmm. listening to that. Um, yeah, I really aggressive. like Below. I think Below is like is okay, really yeah, I'd, heavy. I'd, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd list to Below. It's Disease Aggressive. Loved Aggressive. Oh, that was a fucking great album. Mm. Um, and yeah, obviously the debut, Disgusting. Um, good band, man. I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to like the new album. I've been you know kind of getting reacquainted with them over the mm. past few days, and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck. It was just nice. To, it was a nice kind of palate cleanser after kind of almost ODing on on Kylie <laughs> <laughs> bit of yin bit of yang lovely well that's yeah. a pretty good bit of yin and yang I would suggest I think, I think yeah. so um, it's wicked this song again like I say yeah. you know the, the riff and like uh, I do love someone who can do a melodic vocal into that the love like that yeah. like someone who can turn a melodic hook into a scream that is yeah. fucking great um yeah really yeah. good i just they are they are they're one of those bands that sort of they're deceptively big and they're deceptively yeah. good because i don't think about them that much but they played wembley recently and i was like did they play wembley just because of bricks academy getting shut down probably but by all accounts they when they got added to they got added to wembley or when the, the gig got moved to wembley they sold a lot of tickets and they actually really? were like, do you know what? Nice. We're not going to, apparently they stopped and said, we're not going to sell out Wembley arena, even though they, you know, people said like, Oh, you can sell out Wembley arena. Now you can probably sell it out. And they're like, no, actually let's do it properly. Let's do a proper arena tour with a proper arena show when yeah. we're ready to do it. And they're quite, um, so I think they're quite, they're some humble, humble guys. Caleb, Caleb's really nice. It's really nice. Mm. A really good guy. Yeah, very intelligent and articulate and interesting and open and stuff like that. Yeah, he's really, really cool. So, um, yeah, The Surface will be coming out on, when's the date that that comes out? Uh, the 13th of October. October. Yeah, yeah. So it's a couple of weeks away, two weeks away. So we will talk about that when we do our review show, I'm pretty sure. I'll tell you something we do need to talk about. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not. And now, the end is near. So is it the end of Healy Watch? Oh. We heard yesterday um, that 1975 will be taking an indefinite hiatus from touring once their current dates wrap up. So, get down the O2 in January. I'll be there. Goose stepping my way along to Matty Healy. I think I'm going to have to now. Mm. I'm going to have to now. It is my birthday in January, so... Treat yourself. I think I will. (laughs) Well I, I know, I, well, I know my girlfriend won't be coming with me, so yeah. She I not think, like I think, Nah, nah. Again, fucking, she fucking despise. I think it's more the case she fucking despises Matt Healy because mm. I put some 1975 stuff on, especially from that last album, and I was like, look, listen to this, you know, somebody to love and stuff like that. 
I'm like, they are legit classic pop tunes. They will look back at those songs in you know ten years and go, "Fucking be no way around a good hook." Do you know what I mean? Um, but no, I, she, 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 I, no, I think she, she, sooner go and see I don't know, fucking Robbie Williams. Then actually, no, 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 that's a that's a bad comparison because she fucking loves take that. So uh, Ed Sheeran, there you go. She'd rather go and see Ed Sheeran, I think, or wow. Green Day, just playing stuff post American Idiot. Wow, you've got to really hate someone to put yourself yeah. through that. Um, yeah. yeah, that yeah. is a shame. I mean, Matty Healy says. In Sacramento, California, we love coming to this place. We plan for you guys whenever we have the chance. And it's wonderful you're all here. That sounds like the kind of thing that an evil dictator would say, doesn't it? After this tour, we will be going on an indefinite hiatus of shows. So it's wonderful to have you guys with us tonight. Now, I'm not going to take that at face value. Sorry. No. I'm actually not going to take that at face value because... That sounds like something that has been said off the cuff by someone who's gone. Should we um, uh, just try and get uh, in the? I've not been in the papers for a few weeks for, for, say, for, a, for a day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How dare they not write about me? Yeah, I love. Um, I've got it on Pitchfork here. He says at the same time, controversies have mounted. First, Healy did an apparent Nazi salute on stage while performing love it if we make it lyric that quotes donald trump's praise of kanye west not long after an adam friedland show he joked about masturbating to racially degraded porn and laughed as a host made racially insensitive comments about ice spice he half apologized on stage around the same time he reportedly started and soon finished dating taylor swift in july he defied malaysia's homophobic laws by kissing bassist ross mcdonald on stage at the good vibes festival prompting the government to pull an entire event good i'm glad they the Hooray for the Malaysian government, right, guys? Right, all you left, oh. all you right on guys, love yeah. the Malaysian government. They're the real heroes, aren't they? They're heroes. Top, I, lo I top love fellas. the Malaysian government. They're brilliant. They are brilliant. My favourite yeah. people are um, <laughs> the Malaysian government and uh, Karl Marx. They're the two yeah. best. They're the two best ones. Um, yeah. yeah, fucking. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so there's a little kind of thing of just like, oh, and you look at that and you go, he's had an interesting year. Maybe he's just like, oh, fuck it. I've had a. If they, if they go on an indefinite hiatus and they're away for a while, um, when they come back, everyone will have sort of forgotten about all this, I would imagine. Of course they will. Or, or they'll have remembered it more. I don't know which nah. one. It'd be one nah, or the nah, other nah. one. No, nah, I think it'll be, they'll, they'll just forget. I think, I think if they do go away for, say, five years, they come back. They'll be too big to headline festivals, I think. I think it. I think the kind of legend would have only kind of grown because mm, I maybe. think for a lot of people, for a lot of people, like ninety, you know, of a certain age, nineteen seventy-five were their kind of gateway bands into. Oh yeah. You know, kind of indie or mm. like you know rock that, that kind of stepping stone band. Yeah, everyone has it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they could almost be like I don't know, like like this generation's I guess Linkin Park or whatever well, I say this generation you know fucking 1975 been around for fucking years already years, haven't yeah. they so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah so it'd be an interesting one it is I mean it's a shame mm. they've just put out like I think probably my favourite album of theirs and um, oh yeah it's by far I, their best album yeah I really really like it yeah. and I think they're yeah. really good and yeah, yeah you know Matty Healy's a bit of a fucking bellend when some of the things he does but <laughs> 
I think context is quite important. I've seen people saying things about Matty Healy, um, obviously, and we sp- we've spoken about him a hell of a lot. So there endeth Healy watch for a while. And here starteth. Um, I mean, actually, this is not this is this is not funny, but I think it makes a kind of it's a nice segue, um, just to f- for me to sort of go. You really need to realise what bad things are. Uh, there was a documentary this week that I saw on Channel Four. Yeah. Um, Pete Doherty killed my son. Um, no, no, Pete, oh, Pete, Pete Doherty. Doherty what, what? Who killed my son? Who killed my who son? Killed my son? Pete Doherty, comma. Yeah, that was a the slip of the tongue there. I don't want to, mm. you know. We we don't have enough patrons to support the legal action if I accidentally say uh, the mm. wrong thing. But um, I wasn't really aware of this story, and I watched this. Now it no. doesn't appear that this documentary has had that much in the way of a push, right? It's not had that much in. Uh, uh, you know a kind of the build up in the same way as i think sam um called the russell brand documentary kind of infotainment last week and there was almost a sort of there was a a big build up and a lot of anticipation regarding that russell brand documentary rightly or wrongly rightly or wrongly whether you should be kind of excited about something like that you know you know i did watch it i suppose i was sort of sucked in by the hype surrounding it and I'm not trying to play asshole top trumps here at all. But I am, and I'm certainly not doing that. Why have they gone for Russell Brand? Oh, the mainstream media are against him because he did that there and he said this and that. I don't. But I am pretty shocked that this Peter Doherty documentary, this documentary about um, the... Um, the death of Mark Blanco in 2006 at a a flat in East London. I am pretty surprised that this appears to have gone quite under the radar. I told you to watch it, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And I, I, I didn't even know anything about it until you said about it. And then I Googled it and, um, yeah, it kind of came up at the top. Like the, you know, I found a Guardian review of it. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay. I, I generally, I don't remember this story at the time. It was probably, you know, at this point of my life, like 2006, I, you know, kind of checked out of like indie. I stopped reading the enemy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, I fucking, I fucking despised, um, the Libertines and I fucking despised Pete Doherty mm-hmm. at the time. I really did. I, I yeah. Well, understand. I spoke last week about how they were the yeah. band that I, I mean, not that that really matters, but this, they were the band that I was always like, I don't really get it. I don't get it. No. I, and then a week I later, here we it. are. Yeah. Um, obviously said, you know, you watch it and it was like, it was like watching, I don't know how to describe it really, but you knew, I mean the documentary was pretty fucked up from the start and you knew it was just going to get darker and darker and you knew by the end, you knew it was going to have like quite a sickening kind of end mm. and the jackpot was, you know, that CCTV um, footage mm. of, you know, 
certain people allegedly you know I'm not going to say the names but you know I'm fucking talking about walking over essentially the dead body of Mark Blanco I mean this running is, down the street this is eminently like quantifiably easily provable stuff that I think you know mm. on the basis of what this documentary shows now so um, this guy Mark Blanco died falling from the balcony of a third floor flat in east london right now the cctv footage which was never properly investigated by the police in fact Mm. the entire thing by the police it was a fuck up it was a fuck up you know that was seen like his mum going to like the scene you know going to the scene like staying outside this flat you know and, and coming across the lens from her son's glasses yeah. Just on the floor, just and there. And just being allowed to pick it up. And it was like, oh, yeah. you think that was a fucking memento? The police what person. the fuck? What the actual fuck? What and the fuck? by all accounts, so I've done a little bit more reading into this since. And I've done a little bit of, so I kind of went down a bit of a, unbelievably, like a bit of a Pete Doherty rabbit hole because I just couldn't believe it. And there is a, a piece, which is, I think it's actually been updated, but it's from back in maybe like 2014 that James McMahon, I know James, um, did very good piece on vice a death at pete doherty's party is still unexplained where he actually um reviewed um uh, reviewed sorry interviewed um mark blanco's mother and and all of this comes from the mother of somebody who has had just the most you know appalling tragic loss in her life this guy you know went to a flat which was you know, kind of nominally described as a crack den where Pete Doherty yeah. was and ended up dying. And the police were like, oh, it's suicide. Suicide, you know, in the evening while you're at a party at a flat, at a flat where somebody had already died before. I, I can't believe. And when you say like, yeah, there's a dead body lying on the floor and Pete Doherty picks something up from it and runs off like two minutes later. Now, I'm not saying that Pete Doherty threw this person over the balcony, but the documentary, if you watch it, proves that somebody did. And the person that they did that to maybe wasn't even conscious at the time. Something incredibly rank is going on there. And it was just a harrowing documentary. Now, I wouldn't say that, you know, I started this by going, how's this not been getting as much coverage as the Russell Brown one? The Russell Brown one obviously had some really dis- distressing things in it as well, right? But, you know, and it's not to kind of say, oh, I don't believe the things that were said in that. But you've got actual provable visual evidence in front mm-hmm. of you that something, you know, you've got the that guy from the FBI who worked on, you know, where the, you know, the the, the cct footage of 9 11 like you've got the top guy who's like yeah yeah he was he was thrown over the balcony we've 3d kind of enhanced it um and i went back and i was looking at shit with picked up and apparently the guy mark blanco his his watch was stolen from him on yeah. the afterwards if you go back to like look at the way pete Doherty behaved and th- there are pictures of him online do you remember they used to do those um those like gorilla gigs in fans living rooms yeah. Right. Around the the time that probably I guess yeah. it was on baby shambles, couldn't get a record deal, and he kept getting you know dropped, and he was always in trouble with the law and all this like blah 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 blah. 
that gave him really easy access to fans. There's pictures mm-hmm. of there's there's a picture, and it was in one of these gigs, and there was a young girl passed out on a sofa, and Pete. Do- and it was a picture. There's a picture of Pete Doherty sticking a needle in her arm. I mean, Pete Doherty is apparently the person who got Amy Winehouse into heroin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I mean, God, how shit was the two thousand? Again, I reiterate it again. The 2000s were shit, mate. They were shit. They were horrible. They were horrible. Everything good in the 2000s either made hardly any kind of cultural footprint or got fucking trampled on and destroyed. Amy Winehouse was one of the few good things from the 2000s got trampled on and destroyed. I'd say like the streets were great and then he got fucking, you know, like his own, really, you know, it's his kind of, his own demons kind of got him. And the stuff that I liked, like, you know, Opeth and Mastodon and Gajira, well, that never really sort of impacted anyone on a, on a grand scale. You had, nine, level, no. you had 9-11, you had the global financial crash, you had these, you look now about, you know, the kind of the, the state of, you know, that kind of Camden indie scene, ugh, horrible. You look at the Vans Warp Tour and all those bands and what they did and stood for those those MySpace bands, horrible. You, you look at like, you know, you got a new metal. What new metal became horrible. You got like X Factor and the kind of the, you know, the bear baiting, goading, like freak show that that turned yeah. into. Big awful. Brother, Big Brother, like the rise of. I just think that, you know, you look at the way that people treated Britney Spears, you could like upskirting on Girls Aloud when they were, you know, the shit that they had to put up. Like, I think the 2000s was fucking horrible. Fucking like an irredeemably bad decade in music and tea and culture. I mean, to be, you know, there were some some good films. I mean, even when I look at the films, people go, aren't the hangover good? It's like, no, it's it's terrible. Awful, awful. Like, it just like pretty much irredeemably bad no. decades yeah. and that's my twi- Seth, that's our 20s se- yeah supposed to be yeah. good aren't they your 20s no my 20s my 20s yeah my, my 20s, 20s fucking shit. crap fucking Shocking. crap yeah the 7-7 seven, seven thing is what like yeah, it's just seven. you know and the rise of all of that and we spoke about that in the sort of I just think the 2000s were fucking horrible. Yeah, and, you know, and look, I think, you know, that, that kind of, that ball definitely started rolling with Britpop and, in the 90s. Of course it did. Definitely started rolling. The with rise Brit- of lad culture and yeah. all that kind of like, stuff. That, but at least you could look at the kind of, the early part of the 90s and go, we had Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder, who were like the biggest rock stars around. You had, you know, and stuff like Bikini Kill and, yeah. you know, L7 and like, L7, st- yeah. st- and strong kind of female rock stars, being elevated to a level that I'm being treated and being able to look in a way they maybe hadn't before. You look at rave culture and what that was built upon. That was built upon, you know, a DIY ideology about just love and coming together and sort of a euphoric experience through music. And then within sort of, yeah, I suppose it was towards the end of the nineties that it really went to, went to shit. I, 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 I just, you know, I find it morally reprehensible that, like, even that that scene, like, when he's, Pete Doherty's at the police station, and the police are apologising to him 
as if yeah. they're almost embarrassed to be interviewing them under caution. Like they did with Ian Watkins. Exactly. And it's just like, what the fuck? What, just because you're like a supposed, a quote-unquote fucking rock star, that gives you the fucking right to just be able to get away with every, anything and everything. No, fuck no. Yeah, it... it no, it's that, fucking just... As if I could not hate someone any more than I already did. I tell you what, man, the last you know. little bit where he, the documentary reached out to him and the yeah. patronising, passive-aggressive statement that he gives to Mark Blanco's mum yeah. is was I was like you're a real you're a real piece of shit man you're a Absolute real piece, piece of shit. shit just a pathetic fucking just junky piece of shit mm. hateful awful I mean if you haven't seen it part of me is like you should really watch it just just to see you know something which is an appalling appalling cover-up but then yeah. equally i am like you probably don't want to put yourself through an hour of that because it was hard work really it was fucking hard really work. hard, it was hard work. work horrible i ended up having to watch like i think it was best part of five episodes of the office Did afterwards you say birds of a and feather I, from and I, yeah yeah just good friends <laughs> you know <laughs> My favourite Michael Jackson song, if you're asking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, mate. It is, it's just yeah. not very nice. No. Not very nice at all. So, yeah, no. maybe, you know, read up on it. Like, maybe watch the documentary. But it is mad to me that that seems to have sort of slipped through the cracks a little bit. A week after, think, you know, some, no. something else, which I think is, you know, like I say, I'm not playing arsehole top trumps. I just think they should both be treated exactly the same. Yeah, they should. Unfortunately, one was always going to take priority over yeah. the other. Unfortunately, president. Yeah, it's yeah. It was just. I think it was just unfortunate timing for yeah. the big Doherty mm. documentary. But Matt Healy, is, Matt Healy is still worse than both of them because oh, you know, without question, he uh, he did a he did a did a did a silly voice, didn't he? So. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on from that very, very swiftly. Oh, you went to see Jaw. Yeah, I did. Go oh, on, then. Good, goodness me. It's yeah, Gaz's uh, favourite, um, Andy Cairns, and his new yeah. Noise Rock Collective. Yeah. How was that? Oh, just middle-aged men with effects pedals. Oh. <laughs> Shouting crap. <laughs> I'll be first things first. I, I you know I want to talk about street grace. Like um, my my um my stunt double um Sam Slight um he specifically told me to make sure you get there early, guys, and watch Street Grace. They're bloody good. I got down got down there sort of fairly early, fairly early on. Um. Uh, Little venue in Shoreditch called Sebright Arms. Lovely pub upstairs. And just, you know, the classic kind of dingy, dark basement. The perfect fucking venue for watching some gnarly fucking industrial kind of post-rock, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, Street Grease were on first. Uh, well, say first, yeah, there was only one support band. Um, it was like it was like Godflesh with Dave Grohl on drums. Yeah, Sam's fucking, a fan of these. So, yeah, I know. He what he he specifically told yeah, like I said, he, he told me to go down. Mad thing is, like I was watching them and I was looking at the drummer 
And in my head, I'm like, I fucking know you. Turns out I, it's a guy called Charlie who I used to know about 10 years ago. I haven't seen him in, in years. I went up to him afterwards. He was on the merch stand. I was like, Charlie, how you doing? He, yeah, he, he was like, fucking hell. He used, he used to like um, be a roadie for uh, Lone of the Brave. Oh, yeah. Like, way back, way back in the day. I, literally, I've not seen him since about 2014. Um, they're absolutely superb. They finished with a wicked kind of cover of Police Truck. Completely unrecognisable police truck by Dead Kennedy. It's yeah. just sludgy, gnarly, like trying to walk through treacle kind of version of it. It was wonderful. And then obviously Jaw come on. Um, absolutely fantastic. Just loud, industrial, what's what's the phrase? Stur- Sturm and Drang, mm-hmm. if you've heard that phrase. Mm. You know, it's uh, sweaty, loud, literally no air. I was right at the back, like by the bar. Cause it, was, it was sold out. And I was, I was, I was almost like a goldfish going into the corner of the room, like they trying to <laughs> just, just, just try and get a little bit of air. And I was like, I really want to go outside, but I was like, well, I'm not going until they do their cover of "Army of Me" yeah. by Bjork. And of course, they did that as the last fucking song, yeah. bastards. Um, pretty short set because, like they were saying, I think after the second or third song, they're like, guys, we've only got eight songs. That's all we're gonna play, <laughs> and that, that's what they did. They did the whole album, start to finish. And it was fucking, it was fucking glorious. It's bumped up uh, Jaws' album in my end of year countdown for sure. Nice. It's a good album. And, uh, oh, and, and, and as if the night couldn't be any cooler, um, I saw I saw Randy Cairns. I was like, I need to go and chat to him, you know. When I was like, hello, Andy. And he was like, hey, Gaz, how are you? The 14-year-old in me Lost his fucking shit. Absolutely lost his mind. It's lovely when that happens, isn't it? What for? Oh, and, you know, he's an absolute fucking lad. He's my all-time musical hero, and he was just so lovely. Yeah, he's a good dude. What and, a lovely uh, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely lovely man. And then um, and then I got to see you in a suit. So you did. Win, win as far as you I'm did. concerned. You did. Don't I look <laughs> I good got, in a suit? Oh. It's, yeah, to be fair, mate, it's a good suit. It's a good it was, suit. It was very. It was yeah. My you wedding were, suit. You were doing you. I could tell. Yes, it's a suit for all occasions. Yeah, court appearances, <laughs> bar mitzvahs, that lot. Brilliant. Yeah, you did. We had a couple of drinks, didn't we? Oh, we, dearie me, oh, did we ever? Oh, that's another story. Though. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I'm really glad I managed to get that last train home. I really am. I'm pretty glad i left when i left to be honest because yeah basically yeah. i was doing something else gaz went to gig we decided to have a quick drink afters i was still with the people yeah. that i've been hanging around with and yeah. i left because you had a last train to go to and i was yeah. staying up in london i was like oh, i'll come with you we got an uber yeah it actually worked out for the best and i don't remember the, i don't remember the train ride home at all i don't remember getting from the train station where i live back to my house mm. but i remember waking up in the morning so hungover but also so happy yeah that i didn't have to do that trip i know <laughs> right i fucking looked at my phone and uh my mate you met ralphie i was with like yeah. I, I was looked at his whatsapp and it said last seen at five thirteen a.m and i was like oh <laughs> god thank god i didn't stay out with that oh, i can't i can't Fuck not these that. days no not these days no not no. a school night not on a school night not on any fucking night unfortunately every no. night's a school night these days um anyway yeah good time all right sweet okay right listen wonderful what used to be the venn diagram has become the mount rushmore of we are going to do 
four musical artists to compile a Mount Rushmore for literally every single genre. We're not going to do it today. We've already spent an hour chatting. It's not probably, well, once I've edited that, me ranting uh, out, it'll be less than an hour, but um, it's about an hour. And, about 58 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> basically uh, what it is, is that I have picked five musical artists. Gaz has picked five musical artists for each of the three genres that we are going to make a Mount Rushmore of today. And mm. only four of them can get on. Now, we do know what each other's picks are. Yeah. And there is a little bit of crossover, so that might make things a little bit easier. Yeah. But also, you know, it, it's... it's uh, I said this to you yesterday, didn't I? It's about the, the destination. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about the fight getting there. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be the fun. So that's what we want to try and do. We're going to do three. We can do it occasionally. We're not going to do it every week, but for a little while, um, every yeah. month, once a month or so, we'll be adding an extra three genres until we have yeah. a massive Mount Rushmore mountain face Ma- of just all Mount of the best R- yeah, just all of artists them. in yeah. a certain field. Today, we have picked three genres. We have gone for prog rock. We have gone for funk. And we have gone for punk. Just because they sound alike. And Craig Charles says, Fonk-a-ponk. A chonk-a-ponk. A chonk-a-ponk. A chonk-a-ponk. So let's start yeah. off with prog rock. Progressive music. Cool. Um, Before we reveal our picks, prog, Gaz, what does it mean to you? Um, Is it an important part of your musical tableau? Uh, Massively. And what, what were you kind of looking for? What makes a great prog band? Um, Kind of pure... Um, length of escapism. Ooh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do nice. you know what I mean? I do. That is. I mean, it's a horrible fucking cliche, but like, my, well, my second favorite band of all time is a progressive rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a horrible cliche to say, but it does literally kind of take you on a journey. Listening to it in a darkened room with a good pair of headphones and a lava lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Some bell bottom flares. <laughs> tie dye t shirt? No. Yeah. Nah. Global hypercolour. A cape. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah, <laughs> yeah <the> cape. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Just just to let you know it's not Rick Wakeman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for just, me just missed. Progressive music now has gone beyond I think it's original terminology for progressing the shapes and sounds and styles and lengths and ideas of popular music and sort of trying to warp it into something else. And it has now become kind of a sound. Prog now is less an ideology. And this is something we'll probably yeah. talk about a little bit. And in my mind, has become a sound. Now, that's fine. You know, that's absolutely fine. There kind are of things, like indie, really, yeah, isn't it? They're, they're, yeah, they're, well, and punk, as I'm sure we'll talk about in a little uh-huh. bit. Right yeah. now, there are, you know, certain artists who I consider, or I would consider kind of progressive artists in their own right. I would consider someone like... Lovely, lovely Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar to me is a is a progressive artist, right? Because yeah. he has progressed yeah. the um, the genre of hip hop into new areas, which it, 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 it not really ever been explored to such lengths before, right? And he's sort of changed that. But he's not prog. He's not actually prog, right? So uh, that's sort of what I've gone with. And you know, um, my five picks that I would say define prog are. Pink Floyd, King Crimson, 
tall Radiohead and the Mars Volta. Gaz, Ooh, what, okay. are, what are your five? Uh, well, I think the, the five bands that kind of typify prog for me, I've tried to pick something from kind of, you know, the eras and stuff. Mm. Um, I've got Pink Floyd, uh, Rush, aka the second greatest band of all time. Here he is. Uh, uh, here he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tool, Porcupine Tree, mm. and the Mars Volta. It's a good five, that. It's a good five. So yeah. let's kind of go through it. We've both got, let's do the two that we've, that we've both got. Or the, there's, so there's well, three, three, there's three that, we've, that we've both wow. got, right? So uh, yeah. yeah, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd yeah. feel like the ultimate shoe in to me. I mean, I know they're not as big as yeah. Muse, but um, they are, aren't they? They're much bigger than, they are. much yeah. bigger than Muse, aren't they? And, and much better than Muse. <laughs> much, much better than Muse. Um, yeah. I know... Pink Floyd do really feel like the kind of obvious choice. I think if you were to go up to 90% of the people on the population of the planet and said, name a prog rock band, I think Pink Floyd would be the... It, it would be... If we, if we were doing Family Fortunes... Family Fortunes, I was just... <laughs> Pink Floyd see, are, are top ar- yeah, our top answer, right? Brilliant. I said yeah. I said... And you, uh, you, you said you said you said Haken. If it's up there, I'll give you the money myself. Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> give me the money myself. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, anyway, yeah. Um, oh. But I think Pink Floyd are absolutely the definitive prog rock band. Yeah, they are. They are. Because they just... They just are. And, it, and it, for me, it's all about... I'm sure it is for you. It's that, that four album run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark, Dark Side of the Moon. You might have heard of it. Uh, Wish You Were Here. Animals. Which has always mm. been my favourite. You love Animals, and don't you? I, I adore Animals. I think... Because it, it was it was the one my dad had on records. Yeah. So it was the first one I kind of heard. I knew... Another brick in the wall and stuff like that. Yeah, um, but it was the first album I heard from start to finish, uh, and obviously culminating in in 1979's The Wall. Um, but it's there's obviously you know so much more than than that. Obviously, you know, Dark Side of the Moon is like was one of the biggest selling albums of all time. Certainly, the biggest selling prog album. It must be the biggest selling prog album. Yeah, it's got. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, it must be. You know, it was, it was in the US charts for pff, 30 years. It's long, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, um, you know, the kind of legendary kind of, the, the legendary kind of wall shows, um, the live in Pompeii, like gig from the early, it's, it's, it's fucking outrageous. One of the, it was one of the first DVDs I bought. It was live in Pompeii. So fucking special. And the kind of the the kind of sort of push pull relationship that Roger Waters and Dave Gilmore had is what made that band kind of just work and tick, you know. And the way that obviously you know the four members kind of worked together, it was it was just such. It was kind of like almost poetry, and it was almost like listening to like I don't know like it was almost like listening to a ballet sometimes it was so kind of precise and achingly beautiful mm. and delicate and oh, i fucking adore 
listen I, I still get such a massive kick from listening to any of those kind of 70s Pink Floyd no, they're, albums they're so brilliant I, I never get I never get bored of them I don't know if you ever get bored no, no. matter how many times I listen to them I never get bored of them yeah. and it was and when it was a real fucking thrill for like when we went to go and see Roger Waters, Waters earlier yeah. this year because I was you know me like 10 billion other people I applied for Live 8 tickets in the lottery mm. I didn't fucking get one um, so, and I was just like well I'm never going to see Pink Floyd's you know I don't really want to go and see Dave Gilmore because they'll just I don't like his solo stuff it's dog shit you know but you know going to see Roger Waters and hearing some of those songs that mean the absolute fucking world to me you know be that wish you were here be that shiny crazy diamonds um, yeah that, that there was some real special moments in that and I yeah, think it's the, even the worth really pointing out that you know there is also the Sid Barrett era. They're a weird band, aren't they, Pink Floyd? Because they be, you yeah. know, they are so huge. They have yeah. had three different leaders, essentially, over the yeah. course of their entire... Ooh. Started as a psychedelic career. pop band. Yeah, and you've gone from psychedelic oh. pop into... I mean, would you kind of say they're like the first prog band? I don't really know. Um, I couldn't definitely say yes or no either way. But I think, unquestionably like Led Zeppelin for kind of hard rock, they become some kind of year zero. They become some kind of like immovable totem from yeah. that thing. So I think uh, for me, they're an absolute, you know, and we both agree they're an absolute yeah. shoe in for, yep. for that. I think we then move on to Tool, who mm. I absolutely fucking love, obviously. <laughs> One of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band for a very many many years my absolute favorite band of all time i love tool tool are i think the kind of spiritual heirs in a lot of ways to if not pink floyd then maybe rush who were one of your suggestions mm. um at, but for my particular generation and again they feel like something that you you almost can't really argue with tool because they are so unique in their own that there isn't really anyone else even when bands try and sort of rip them off it's so clear that they're trying to rip them off and they never <laughs> quite can because nobody's got a drummer yeah. like danny carey nobody's nope. got a, uh, a a vocalist like maynard james keenan and the weird thing about tall is is that you know when you think about prog rock you think about kind of showiness quite a lot of the time and yeah. there is and and you know kind of wild abandon and there's you know there's some showiness in Pink Floyd there's certainly some showiness in the Mars Volta and, and there certainly is in King Crimson there definitely is in Rush as well but then yeah. you look at Tool and they're, they're not really I've said this a lot of times before they're not actually a particularly showy band which makes me go do they really even fit in prog do they really actually fit in prog but I think they do because unquestionably song structure wise and the kind of like you say the journey that you get taken on when you go and see Tool <laughs> or you listen to a Tool record is pretty much unlike any other experience in music i think so that feels like a pretty easy one right oh yeah i mean the most the most obtuse and awkward band to kind of become one of the biggest bands in the world it's mad isn't it the biggest cult band in the world i think they are yeah 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 you know crazy the last i think the last major band to join streaming services you know yeah like um, really big yeah 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 you know it was them and ACDC they were kind of like the last two of the, the Premier League yeah. that joined you know um, 
easily the most ambitious bands I've ever heard in my lifetime of like listening to you know music mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, what was how did you first come across till? I saw you know? the video for um, would have been was it Stink Fist? Probably yeah, that was, was. when I first came across. It, might have been, it was yeah. a video for Stink Fist or Prison Sex. Yeah. I can't remember which one I saw first, but I saw both of them pretty close to each other, and yeah. um, and I was just like, oh my goodness me, this is amazing, and um, and I think I've said this before. Like my mum saw it as well, and she was like, I think you'd like this, so she bought me Undertow for my birthday. Shout and I was out, like, wow, this, and straight away I was like, wow, this band are great, and I went out with my birthday money and bought Enema mm. and then I was away at the races I was fucking ready to go then and it came around the time I think I've said this before that um, when Tool played the Astoria in London I was really really keen to go and mm. I didn't go and went to see because Corn, who I was at that point were like my fave faves uh, their re- rearranged date fell mm. on the same night so it was Corn and Tool Corn and Tool playing London on the same night annoying but you know when else are you going to get a chance to see corn oh of course um all the time (laughs) all All the time time. uh but yeah man how about you yeah pretty much well some of the other it was seeing the video for um for stink fest on um it would have been headbangers ball or alternative nation it's one of the two like you know the Every now and again, my auntie would kind of, if she remembered, she'd she'd stick a a, a VHS cassette in and you know records you know either of the or both of them for me sometimes. Mm. And it, yeah, it was just it was on there. It was on it was on either either. I can't remember exactly which one. Um, and then I remember like uh, an interview with them um, again on Get Your Gaz Bingo Cards at the Ready on uh, Noisy Mothers. I was going to guess, remember, and mate, my guess would have been Noisy Mothers. Yeah, Noisy Mothers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah it was weird thing is like yeah, I loved Stink Piss but I never the first album I bought by Tool was Lateralis was it? yeah mad mad. mad you know I was I was aware of, of Stink Piss I was aware of Prison Sex and you know the kind of the, the, the hype that was building up to like Lateralis coming out I remember this um, schism video being on Kerrang TV. Kerrang TV had just started and the schism was on like, that was one of the regular heavy rotations like like Tribute and fucking In Too Deep and, mm. like, you know, Learn to Fly. Um, and I was just like, wow. And I remember buying it. I remember pre-ordering it on, you know, fucking Amazon or Play.com or whatever it would have been at the time. I remember it coming through. Um... Yeah, it would have been Play.com because Play.com used to do this wicked thing like, because when stuff used to come out on Monday, and if you'd ordered it like before it had come out, nine times out of ten, whether it was a DVD or like a CD, it would come on the Saturday. Really, uh, I don't have that yeah. experience at all because I ordered fucking uh, Great Britain by Gallows on Play dot com, yeah. and I remember it was like the Thursday, and it still hadn't turned up, and I was like, "You piece of shit." So, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, but I just remember you know getting lateralis and. I'm wanting to kind of you know devour the the liner notes and all this because like, oh, it was my first Tool album, and then get you know getting the sleeve out and it's just that kind of see through plastic yeah. thing with literally fuck all <laughs> nothing, 
And I was like, you bastards. Absolute bastards. But oh my God, yeah, that was you know, the lightning bolt moment <sighs> for me. And I was just, I got legit obsessed. And We're, it's mad thinking it now, right? But I remember like that, that it, you know, those four years between like, like Lateralis and 10,000 Days coming out. It's only mm. four years. I know. But it seemed to be like 20 years. It did. Little did we know, you know, hashtag tool watch, you know, mm. <laughs> then it was going to be, good lords, yeah. how long, I mean, what, 2005 to 20, when did Fear Not even come out, 2021? No, Fear Not can come out in 2019. Was it 2019? Mm. Still a long time, 14 years. I mean, did, hold on a second, because I'm pretty sure. That ten thousand days was two thousand six, so it was five years. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, it was could five years. Five. So that's still yeah, fuck five. all for tall, really, isn't it? To be fair. Yeah. Right. Um. So that I think tall, tall and Pink Floyd feel like a pretty. Yeah, definite, definite. So the Mar- sorry, two were the national natural successors to Pink Floyd. Yeah. To going back to what you were saying, I think yeah, they are the modern day Pink Floyd. There's me. not really anyone as sizable i mean in terms of modern progressive bands really which is why i think you know you could look at someone like dream theater you could look at somebody like Opeth. i wouldn't uh, no me neither really i can't sound much of a fan i mean that you know they actually came before they predate tool opeth come after like yeah. you know when you think of progressive things like would you pick Mastodon as a straight prog band i actually no. wouldn't so no. I, hence why they've not been included here the mars volta feel like a pretty kind of like a 21st yeah. century like the most Although they don't have the size and they probably don't have the hits and they don't have the kind of reverence that a band like Pink Floyd or Tool have, I still think the Mars Volta are probably the band who are most responsible for taking progressive music in, I don't want to say the mainstream, but taking progressive music in larger circles to the most interesting places. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Without question. Mm. I mean, you know, leaving at the drive-in, mm. at the kind of height, or well, no, splitting at the drive-in, when they were on the verge of becoming the new Nirvana, like on the cusp of literally being fucking huge, you know. It's one of the great kind of what ifs for me. It's just like, you know, yeah. if they could have held their shit together and released like another album in 2002, for example, it could possibly have been people talking about it now like like people talk about fucking Nevermind or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I do generally think that. I believe that, like, that was my thing. I was like, yeah. it has to be these guys are the guys who are going to do, you know, it's yeah. been a decade yeah. since we've had anything that is yeah. even kind of barely yeah. resembling it. And, this and I, I generally it. thought, I thought they, you know, and I remember reading, you know, Kerrang and stuff that, oh, um, Omar and Cedric. Cedric, thank you. Had a fucking brain melt. Um, we're doing a new band and it was going to be a lot more kind of progressive. I was like, okay. And I'm, I remember seeing the, um, I can't, what, what, the first song I heard. I think it was um, Intertiatic. Uh, ESP. I remember the video to that being on like MTV2 or Kerrang or something. I'm listening to it and I'm like, fucking hell. What? Mm. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, Miles Davis meets like mid-70s kind of Santana. Mm. 
which is fucking great. I'll have you know. You know, it's it's not you know the Rob Thomas, give me a heart, yeah, make it real. Let's forget about it. It's about far away from merging. Yeah, you know the kind of Latino beats like Herbie Hancock, Pink Floyd, kind of just 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 wig out. So I don't, you know. I'm sure you. I mean, I bought Diddle Hours and the Comatora and the Wicked came out. Yeah, I'm well came out. looking forward I had to the, it. Uh, yeah. I had the uh, whatever the first EP they put out was called. I had, oh, uh, I had that. Yeah. That was the first thing I heard, and I hated it as well. I was like, "This is rubbish." Oh, really? Because I was so into out the driving, I was like, "This is fucking crap." I hate it, and I was like, "I'm not that bothered about this new one." But I was working in MVC, and so I got to hear it before it came out, and I was like, "Oh, actually, there's some fucking great yeah. shit on this, right? <laughs> really, really good." So it's yeah, special. I bought it the day it came out. It's special. D Lows is a fucking stunning achievement of an mm. album. You know, did they did they come anywhere near matching it again? Yeah. I mean, Francis Mute is great. Bedlam, I, I, I do. I think Bedlam and Goliath's the best. Yeah, album. Bedlam's decent. Bedlam's I think decent. It's the best album, personally. What? Oh, really? Yeah. What Bedlam? Mm-hmm. Wow, ballsy. Yeah, ballsy. Um, and I think you know, they. It was quite interesting, like when, when Francis the Mute came out. I remember them getting like you know on the front cover Kerrang and stuff, and I was just like, they're really pushing this bands that are so fucking just out there and just no kind You know, Francis Mute was essentially like one long song, mm. wasn't it? You know, divided yeah. into kind of tracks. You know, so one continuous like seventy-seven piece, seventy-seven minute piece of music. You know, barely a hook in sight. Apart from that one song, is it the widow? Yeah, know? it's the only one with like kind of vague melody. I mean, but do you remember that? Do you remember that live album they released, uh, Scab Dates? Oh, I think it was called Scab Dates. Fucking hell, that's hard work to listening to that. I, think I, I just heard. It's, I was a bit checked out um, around that point. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm. But then their last album that came out last year, a much more kind of yeah. concise, like really, really, really good. And they are, you know, like I say. There's it's like funk. Yeah, yeah, you know, like they've, like they've that done that kind of was... salsa funk thing. We'll talk about that in a yeah. little bit. So I think the Mars, the Mars Volta are like, I mean, there's, I guess there's two. I mean, for me, of what we've got left, we've got Radiohead, mm. we've got Rush, and we've got Porcupine Tree. I really love yeah. Porcupine Tree. I think Same. I think they're great. I think Stephen Wilson's fucking brilliant. It's and genius. I think there's, again, a run of albums from kind of In Absentia, Dead Wing, uh, Fear of a Blank Planet and yeah. the incident that I think are all yeah. really, really great, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think are they more influential and more important in sort of progressive music than Radiohead? I mean, here's the argument here, right? Is it is that right. are Radiohead a prog band? Yes and no. Yes and no. Whereas our Porcupine Tree a prog band? I think yes. I think it's straight <laughs> yes, isn't it? It's a round of resounding yes from straight everyone. Straight yes, right. So <laughs> you've got, if it were Porcupine Tree or Radiohead, if you hear something like Creep, you hear Pablo Honey, you hear the bends mm. even, you go, well, okay, well, that's not really proggy at all. It's not even, no. it's not progressive in any way, really. They're no. just like, I fucking love radiohead and you get to okay yes, computer okay computer is kind of not even really a, a, a prog album it's very difficult and challenging and unusual and it's very very important yeah. to you know what we got in the the mm-hmm. aftermath of it obviously and i think they're incredible kid a is again it's progressive but it's not prog 
strictly, but it is progressive. Mm. Oh, yeah. Amnesiac, I don't think so either. I think it's only really when you get to like Hell to the Thief and beyond where you can yeah. kind of go, okay, there are they are sounding a bit proggy now. Yeah. They are, because like, again, yeah. like the... You, you wouldn't call the Beatles a prog band. They're progressive, but you wouldn't call them a prog band. When you listen to like Sgt. Pepper's and the White Album and stuff. And that's maybe mm. where my suggestion of Radiohead falls down a little bit. I'm willing to concede that, Gaz. Okay. But if not here, then where for Radiohead? Oh, Radioheads? Oh, yeah that's 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 the question that's the question it's you know initially in my head i'm like well of course they'll go somewhere else there where's there where where else are you gonna put them you're gonna put what fucking indie bands no you know brit pop bands no Mm. uh 90s alternative music i mean do they get in on that on the four do they get in to alt rock alternative rock if there's only four, do Radiohead get in that four? I don't actually no, think they do. No. Because they're no, too they weird, right? Yeah, they're too weird. So, you know, you go going against, say, you know, Nirvana or Radiohead. Well, of course, fucking Nirvana are going to go in the alt rock or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, that'll probably be the grunge one, but you, you, you get one. Yeah. Get yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, even, you know, would they get in above REM or pavement or do you know what i mean like there's plenty of bands oh. we could go like oh well, yeah you know like oh. they're actually more important to that or whatever yeah. but porcupine tree I, and so i suppose the other two is you know i will concede that i really like king crimson i think the thing that, that made yeah. the thing that made me suggest king crimson is because i think and actually this is definitely true of your pick as well but particularly mm. for king crimson is i okay this is not true of your pick but there is something true of your pick the thing about King Crimson is, is they, I think, brought, for maybe one of the few times ever, brought a level of of almost cool to progressive music, even the 70s. When you think back to, like, Yes, and hmm. like Pink Floyd were never really cool in the sense of, like, maybe they were I for... I think they were for a time. They were for, for a, Around the time of Dark Side, they would have been. Yeah, they would have been. But I think King Crimson yeah. always had something that was a bit more you know just a bit more a bit more gnarly and a bit more like when you when you think when yeah. you look at the bands that have been inspired by king crimson when you look at a band like say enslaved right and i'm sure enslaved yeah. like i'm sure i'm sure they they like pink floyd as well right but i i whenever i think about king crimson i think oh all of the sort of post black metal bands always talk about king crimson tall took king crimson out on tour with them yeah. like they didn't take yeah. yes and fucking Emerson Lake and Palmer, although obviously Greg Lake is part of that, but like you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like they, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they didn't, they didn't do, they didn't take Genesis out on tour with them, did they? Right, yeah. like and and I think, yeah, who we haven't even mentioned, funnily enough, and that is why I suggested mm-hmm. King Crimson. But then there's a pool of those '70s bands, and I think with with four, you don't really have much room between Pink Floyd and Tool, and if you are, probably Rush, right? Oh, without question. Mm. Without question. I mean, you were talking about like Tool being like the world's biggest cult bands. Rush are in there with a shout of that yeah. title as well, or were? Yep. Oh, well, definitely know. were. Yeah. Um, the ultimate kind of power trio. I mean, for me, I, mm. I can only say obviously you know you're going to put Nirvana in there and you know whatnot, but you know for me, in terms of like absolute kind of at peak musicianship. 
Um, you know, Neil Peart, greatest drummer of all time. Um, you know, t- t- side one of twenty one twelve for me is the ultimate prog achievement. You know, a twenty was it twenty three minute suite in eight parts. Yeah, and I and I very impressive. Yeah, you know, and then and then, and then you know, obviously you know, you've got the seventies rush, which is all fucking great. But then you know, the turn of the eighties. They turn into something. They essentially turn into the police, which is what I know? like. They're my, that's my favorite era. Yeah, yeah, my favorite era of Rush is that kind of early to mid, especially when they start bringing in the keyboards and they bring the song length down. You know, they start writing. I mean, it's mad to think. You know, I think it, you know, in in eighty two, like Rush were fucking pop stars. Mm. You know, does, Spirit of Radio. Does that Tom Sawyer? Does that not negate their prog credentials? No, because there were still fucking long prog songs on the albums. Right, okay. But they, you know, they, it's just the albums had more kind of succinct mm. kind of songs on like, like subdivisions, like to, like Tom Sawyer and stuff like that, you know. Something that they could put a fucking four minute MTV video to, do you know what I mean? But there yeah. were still long songs and um, like on um, on Moving Pictures, got the camera eye and as uh, YYZ, you know, these got long sort of like sprawling kind of 10, 11 minute epics. And yeah. And, that, and they'd never... They never compromised. Mm. Never ever compromised. They followed their own path, and the fans went with them. When, once they moved up to kind of you know arena level, like ACDC, they never came out of arenas for the rest of their career. Mm. I am actually going to say, for me, I think, even though I don't know loads about Rush, and I kind of like mm. everything I've heard. I own Twenty One Twelve. I own Permanent Waves. Um, or I did. Decent. I might have given. I might have given them away now when when I got rid of a load of my CDs. But anyway, I did, and they were the only ones. And I had a kind of a best of rush and somewhere nice. years ago. Um, even though I'm not as au fait with Rush, I think mm. you would put them ahead of King Crimson. I do think. That. Oh, w- without question. But I know uh, I haven't just because I yeah. like what King Crimson sort of stood for uh, and I like what they influenced and you know I I think you know if you go you go back to an album like The Court of King Crimson which is the class undoubtedly the classic I think that is an oh, absolutely gotcha. fucking ridiculously brilliant album I love it um, but 20, 21st century schizoid man yeah it's you know that's such a great that's an all timer isn't it um, yeah. so I'm kind of willing but I'm kind of willing to bend a bit on on Rush, so that Rush go in, right? Which would you think would mean you go Pink Floyd, Rush, Tool, and the Mars Volta because we both picked the Mars Volta. Yeah. Oh, we haven't really spoken much about Porcupine Tree. No, I think Porcupine Tree are great. Oh, I, I fucking love them. Mm. You know, shout out Helmer Hempstead. That's the where the fertile ground there is. Uh, you got Kajigugu <laughs> and Stephen Wilson. Yeah, what more do you need? All bases covered right there. <laughs> Stephen Wilson um, covering the majority of them. We have to say, but yeah, yeah. To, be, to be fair, yeah. Um, I mean, Deadwig. I I first kind of came across Porcupine Tree. It would have been oh, was it two thousand three, two thousand four? Would Deadwing come out? I bought it on a whim because mm-hmm. I remember Dom Lawson giving it five Ks and correct. I don't remember that, but that does sound like something that would happen. It was just like one of the one of the little. Mm. It wasn't even a main review. It was just one of the one of the little box reviews, you know, hundred words or whatever. I just remember seeing it in MVC, you know, like ten quid or something. I was like, oh, I'll get that. If Dom likes it, it must be fucking brilliant. Do you know what I mean? You know, it, 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 
you know, the whole review was just like, oh, you know, genius kind of progressive rock, blah, 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 blah. And, and like, Dead, Dead Wings still, but it, it probably is, because in my favourite, because it was the first one I heard again, a bit like, you know, like Animals by Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um, but I do generally think Dead Wings is an absolutely fucking working genius. And so, those fucking, I was listening to Dead Wing today. And it's been a while since I've listened to it. Some of those riffs, man. Oh, mate. Fucking amazing. Oh, just... Halo. It, it, oh, Halo. Swallow. And, um, um, yeah, yeah, Swallow. Uh, yeah, oh. It's just kind of like a perfect synthesis of, like, you know, prog, metal, and kind of songwriting mastery of, like, someone like fucking Brian Wilson. Yeah, it's like I mean, there's beautiful kind of tender moments on there as well, but there's also the big crushing kind of Meshuggah meets fucking Metallica. Rhythm. I mean, this is where they went yeah. kind of much more metally. They go almost going to show oh, prog yeah. metal, and like I yeah. think you know, Fear of, of a Blank Planet was the first one I heard. Yeah. I still think Fear of a Blank Planet's Super. title track is the best song that Stephen Wilson has ever mm. ever done. I think it's amazing. Um, but I have to say, I think if we're going for four. I think it really, for me, it comes down to, do we keep the Mars Volta that we both agreed on or do we go for Radiohead? Yeah. I love Porcupine Tree. Don't get me wrong. If this was five, I think there might be more of a chat yeah. about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think yeah. it goes down this to... This is the Jeopardy, Steve. It is the Jeopardy. Is Jeopardy. Is it the Mars Volta or is it Radiohead? I think the Mars Volta, clearly, they're a newer band and mm. they clearly exist in openly entirely in the sphere of prog radiohead yeah, don't but radiohead are the far bigger band and then the more influential band and i would argue the the better band as well but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they go in ahead of the mars volta who well you've picked mars volta who do you say mars volta or radiohead i say i say the mars volta unfortunately i think radiohead will crop up in conversation again if they weren't going oh. to then i would really really put my foot down for radiohead but i think because i think radiohead might crop up in conversation somewhere else i'm sure they will i'm happy to go pink floyd rush tall and the mars volta are the prog mount rushmore of true cult pop yeah yeah all right let's move on there you go one done one down two to go let's move on to funk right now Mm. i'm going to shout out someone who i nearly picked which would have been mad, really, really, when you think of all mm. the great artists that have been inspired by and have made music that has come from the kind of the ideologies of funk. I nearly thought about picking Craig Charles because Craig Charles is, and we've already mentioned him, like his mm. funk and soul show, which I've been listening to now for the last four years and yeah, is yeah, the yes. only right. radio show that I would go Oh, I missed. I, I, I'm going to go and find that on catch up and listen to it. Like I, I, yeah. I used to do it with the Radio and Rock show. I now do it with the the, the Craig Charles um, Funk and Soul show. Uh, <laughs> that says a lot about your age more than anything else. Yeah, really, yeah, it really it? does. But I just think it's fucking brilliant. And Craig Charles has exposed me to so many like maybe not even artists because I haven't picked any artists that he's exposed me to to be honest. But what he has done is he's exposed me to a load of songs and a load of music and a kind of, I think a kind of better understanding about what makes funk great. And I think the thing is when we come, in, come into funk, the principles of funk exist in so many other genres of music. Um, yeah. It is such a hugely influential sound and style and idea because who doesn't want to make people dance? 
who doesn't want to make people move fucking everybody does but nothing makes you move like that music nothing feels as fucking joyous as like that music can can when it's like when it really when those rhythms really crack when it really pops man it's one of life's true joys funk what needed oh. not needed to happen to get your five to get picked here guys <sighs> what did they need well, to do to you for and for you well they needed me to be able to kind of self-consciously move my middle-aged white ass <laughs> that is in it <laughs> dance like i've got a coat hanger in the back of my t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> I always found it. I always found it painfully ironic that obviously you know I was a drummer when I was younger. Mm. Yeah, I have absolutely no fucking rhythm when I don't have a pair of sticks in my hand. Oh mate, that's a that's a tragedy. Yeah, I can dance like Mark Owen at the Royal Variety Performance in 1993. <laughs> 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 oh dearie me. Um, go on then. What were your oh, What were your five? Uh, well, my five. Um, Again, I've tried to sort of pick something from the kind of mm. eras. Uh, I've gone with, uh, where are we? Uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Funkadelic. Slash Parliament. Yeah. Um, slash George Clinton. Mm. Slash Bootsy Collins. Uh, Tower of Power. Yeah. If you know, you know. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Jamiroquai. Hello. Oh, he likes nineties things. Shows violence uh, and uh, and, and uh, so- something from um, sort of vague present day, I guess. Uh, Thundercats. Okay, I have gone for James Brown, Sly and the Family Stone, Parliament Funkadelic, Chic, and Prince. <laughs> it's slightly different. So we have two that we're kind of agreed That's on: it. Sly and the Family yeah. Stone. Um, it's just a shoe in, an absolute shoe in for oh. me. Uh, like fucking brilliant. You know, loads of their songs. You might be sitting oh, there going, God. "I don't think I know lo- any of their songs." Completely you thin. fucking do. Trust me. And there's will be yeah. coming up quite a it's lot. It's like, it's like. <laughs> I don't know why it's reminded me of this. Do you remember? Do you remember in in the mid nineties? Mm. I love how uh, every gas story gas starts, starts with that, that sentence, right? doesn't yeah. it? I know. Do you remember when Crowded House released their, their greatest hits? A Crowded House t-shirt. Yeah. Do you remember when they released their greatest hits? It was called, it was called Reoccurring Dream. Yeah. And I remember the voiceover of, of, on the advert was, you know more Crowded House songs than you realise. It's just, all, yeah, just, just reminded me of that. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, look, like the Family Stone. <laughs> if you're a fan of Turnstile, you know some Sly and the Family Stone because yeah. they chuck in yeah. um, I want to thank you for letting me be myself yeah. like they chuck that into Turnstile Love Collection I think um, so you know that's Sly and the Family Stone Sly and the Family Stone are responsible I think for you know so much great kind of uh they're such just such a perfect band for that era the the kind of like the the i guess the 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 pre and post vietnam thing that kind of explosion of culture being this like incredibly danceable like amazingly danceable catchy brilliant euphoric band but also just being badass motherfuckers and being like nah 
I'm not taking this shit. Like, I'm not, you know, like, fuck you, whitey. And all that, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, and yeah. that they are, that they are, of, when I, when I think of like that kind of late sixties, early seventies, Black Panther, cool as fuck, black exploitation thing, my brain goes sly in the family stone. Every time. Oh yeah. Every time. I mean, it was that kind of iconic fusion of rock, soul, and funk. I mean, they kind of they brought kind of funk really to, to an, an essentially white rock and roll audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I'm pretty sure they played like the Isle of Wight Festival. Yeah, they did. I think yeah. In in '69 or '70, '70, I think. Um, and the kind of you know, like you were saying, they were kind of like the perfect band for that kind of time, pre and post like Vietnam with the civil rights movement and the kind of social commentary and the lyrics and stuff. And again, just so massively influential. There's um, no Rage Against like, Machine without Sly and the Family Stone. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, there's no, uh, there's no Arrested Development nope. without They're, Sly and the Family yeah, Stone. Like you know, two completely you know, they, different sides of the coin. You know, pe- but, yeah. you know people every day, mm. everyday people. You know? Yeah. Um, even, even the, the, the um, what's the track called? Dance to the Music. The drum mm. break in that has been sampled so many times. The one that always immediately comes to mind for me is was is Rocks by Primal Scream. Yeah. Fucking me, yeah. That's that's the fucking drum break from Dance of the Music, you know. And it was it was such a shame that you know that there isn't much of a kind of discography for them because it was like it was a really horrible kind of messy end with mm. like drugs and mm. you know. But but I mean, there's, there, there, there's a riot going on, man. I was about to say <laughs> iconic <laughs> album sleeves don't get much more iconic than that. Yeah, really. Look, I mean, that album is absolutely fucking it's flawless. stunning it's fucking flawless and if you yeah, haven't heard that record yeah. you i'm pretty sure you will love it so for me yeah it's a fucking no-brainer mm-hmm. sly and the family yep. stone are yep. comfortably the first one in parliament funkadelic i think we've both got them um yeah it is the more kind of uh what well, you mentioned kind of this is where this type of music becomes wild do you know what I mean? Like, this shit is... Like, I'm not saying it's Sign of Family Stone were like shrinking violets or anything, but Parliament no. Funkadelic, George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, like, again, when you talk about the aesthetic of something, when you talk about, like, the 10-minute-long so- funk fucking jams, like, yep. made by people absolutely fucking off their tits cabbage I believe is the word (laughs) like and I mean again man so tight so like kaleidoscopically brilliant like you know uh, well go on Go on. I'm sorry. I was. I was. I was just. I was about to go off on them, but I want to let you have your. uh, Have your. Have your. No, no, not at all, mate. I mean. I mean, if you're going to choose one, would you choose? I mean, not for this, because you know. As far as think, I'm concerned, yeah. they can both, you know, well, but you know, Funkadelic and Parliament are kind of combined as one for me. Just basically, just just George Clinton's noggin mm. on the side of fucking Rushmore. You know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I'm happy with that. But like, I mean, you know, fucking, just, I'm I'm being being exposed to like Funkadelic. I I don't know. It wasn't actually that long ago. Um, it was this century. Yeah, really. Um. Someone played me the Maggot Brain album, basically put me in a darkened room. That's um, it, isn't it? That's the one. 
the title might have been for the title might track have been, of Maggot yeah, Brain. I might, I may or may not have ingested something. You might say that I couldn't possibly comment. I got put in a darkened room, and someone put Maggot Brain on. Uh, and I think they swiftly followed it with um, "Free Your Mind and Your Ass Will Follow," which is my favourite Funkadelic album. Um, I mean, you know, you got um, just everything about them, and it was it was like it was like a comic book come to life, mm. even more so than Kiss. Looking back, for me, yeah, you know. I mean, I think they look, you know, Afrofuturism for the masses, <laughs> just, just fucking party anthems man you know Bootsy just became this kind of pop culture icon that he that he still is today mm. you know um and then you know obviously made a huge comeback at the start of the 90s doing the delight song grooves in the heart mm-hmm. you know been in the video you know, the iconic video and stuff kind of introduced him like a new generation i think that um, must have been the first time that i was aware of Bootsy collins yeah, yeah, well, like, I didn't know it was him at the time, but yeah. yeah, it would have been the first time I heard something that he was on. Yeah, of course, because that song was fucking. And and I remember it was, you know, it was. Um, I can't remember where I first heard George Clinton, but I'm pretty sure George Clinton guested on something in the kind of yeah. mid to late nineties, and I remember being like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" With the like tooty fruity haircut and the glasses yeah. that, like the, the fucking Elton John's is it, glasses is it, be- is it Beastie Boys or like Tribe Called Quest or something yeah I, I remember him duetting with someone but I just can't do you know what it actually might it might it might have been Methods of Mayhem uh, which is pretty oh, embarrassing but like it might have actually been but I don't think it was because I was like well I know that like but anyway yeah but like yeah you see that yeah. and you're just like how is the, how are these guys real like how are they actually fucking real but the yeah. but the music is undeniable, right? Like the thing is, they look like they sound as well. Yeah, they do. They do, and I love how uh, I can't remember the fucking song. I think it was um, there's a the Parliament track that, that starts with uh, "Do not attempt to adjust your radio." Mm. You know, it's yeah, it's just just don't even do it. Don't even think about touching that dial, mate. Yeah. You know, uh, we you hereby have permission to get groovy. Yeah, it, it's. <laughs> I mean, again, I think sign the family stone, and I mean, I've put Parliament Funkadelic. I know you put Funkadelic. Yeah. I yeah. like, you know, like you say, George Clinton. It's George Clinton, really, isn't it? It's George Clinton. Yeah. Um. Clinton. We then have a, a, a sort of six-way tussle for two spaces here. We do, yeah. So I'm going to go in kind of some sort of chronological order, I reckon, which means you might be sitting okay. twiddling your thumbs for a little bit. But James Brown, right? <laughs> now. Good God. Now. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this, Gaz. Why didn't yeah. you pick James Brown? Because I don't believe um, it's because you don't think James Brown is any good. I fucking adore James Brown. Of course Brown. you do. You're a, but a I, human but I man with taste. Well, you know, I have a pulse yeah. and ears that sort of work. Kind of. Got to turn it up a bit louder these days. Uh, to be honest, because I knew you'd pick him. <laughs> no offence. Okay. And I, re- I really wanted to kind of use this kind of, you know, podcast platform responsibly mm-hmm. and talk about Tower of Power. I'm not going to lie because... The absolute fucking unsung heroes of early seventies funk are Towers of Power. 
All right, well, people need to hear this band. Let me give you the quick, the quick hard sell on James Brown quickly. I mean, James Brown. I thought you might say, ah, well, you know, is he soul? Is he like the kind of Godfather? No, no, no. Soul? Yeah, but the- well, yeah, but like you said, you go up to someone on the street and go, name me a James Brown song, and it'll be, it'll be like, get up feel like a sex machine mm-hmm. which is absolute fucking year zero funk yeah i and and for a man who spent most of his yeah. life shouting i feel funky like <laughs> like I, I mean to me it was like because i was sort of thinking i was like because you yeah. sent yours through and i was like no james brown and i was like hold on a second yeah. am i maybe equating james brown with funk when he's pre-funk i mean he feels to me like you know no no he's still funk he's funk. like he he's feels to me song. like the dude the, the guy who kind of really uh, invents that as a genre in a lot of ways like he's the kind of he's the year zero he for me like who who was doing it before james brown in the way that we now know it or the way that we're going to be talking about that kind of 70s thing i I, I don't think you like there's no one that i can think of who you would go certainly broad to the masses i guess yeah and like James Brown has got an incredible discography. James Brown has got a fucking like is is a complete icon. It has to be James. Like you know, for me, mm. I if we did Soul, would I put James Brown in Soul? Yeah, I might do. But I think James Brown. Like when I think of like great soul singers, when I think of Aretha Franklin, I think of yeah. you know, um, or Sam Cooke. We've done a lot about Sam Cooke yeah. recently. When you think of those people, yeah. and there's something quite suave and quite quite yeah. controlled. Even like even Marvin Gaye. Like I watched that Marvin Gaye in Montreux um, yeah. at Christmas, and I was Amazing. like he's fucking like incredible but he's so even when he's kind of getting wild and sweaty he's still sort of in control james brown's a lunatic james brown you watch him and you go like you know like you watch him when his legs start doing that yeah it's like that guy that guy's about to punch someone in the face like he's a fucking lunatic yeah and that to me is what i more equate like the funk with like it's dirty it kind of comes from soul is all kind of heartfelt and it sort of comes from your gut whereas i think the funk is it's in your knees and it's in your it's in your like it's in your fucking it's in your groin and everything comes from james brown's groin and so for that i'm like it's gotta be james brown it's gotta be james brown um but tower of power an interesting one right because i i've Mm. got to be honest i don't know loads about tower of power i actually put them Mm. on uh, earlier and I was like oh yeah I kind of you know I know some of these songs I mean Craig Charles has definitely played um, oh, we would a have done. fair bunch of the songs of theirs yeah. that I know so you know um, something like What Is Hip like yeah What Is Hip uh, there's only so much oil in the ground that's the one for me yeah opening, opening track of um, Urban Renewal mm. I mean they've even got a song called Digging on James Brown right so yeah, I think yeah. even it's great, that's, great, that's a great song. They, they would probably agree with me over the <laughs> like uh, James Brown's inclusion. I think so. At, to the yeah, cost of themselves, I think, so. I think. But mate, go on, give them a sh- like. What was the what was the pick for? Uh, I mean, they, you know, they were they formed in like the late sixties. I mean, it was kind of like it was almost like big band jazz funk, you know, like fusion funk with like doo wop kind of vocal harmonies. Um. But with that real kind of fucking hard driving group, they they did do the kind of like more, you know, they I guess some people would be like, oh, they're more R and B than funk. But yes, they could do the ballads and stuff, you know, the tender stuff. But they could also do the real fucking hard driving funk. Um, and like yeah, like I said, you know, urban um, urban renewal from like you know the early seventies is an absolute fucking gem mm. of an album. And like. A, you know stuff like what is hip, 
Um, you know, so very hard to go. And yeah, like so digging on James Brown. You know, there's some deep fucking heavy f- funk grooves contained within. Mm. And they were never kind of the megastars, but they um, they never split up. No, still cut some. You know, there is a version of the band still going, and pretty influential on a lot of people. Yeah, you know. It's just a fucking great band. I know they're not going to get in, and I'm fine with that, but it was just a perfect excuse to talk about one of the kind of sort of deep-cut nuggets <laughs> from that era, if you like. Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe... So this would be an interesting conversation, right? Because I also picked Chic. Nile mm. Rogers and Chic. And I've spoken about Nile Rogers quite a lot over the last year, doing this podcast, and how yeah. fucking brilliant. Every, he's just like... Maybe one when you were going when you were going through that set list when you saw him live, fucking outrageous, isn't it? Maybe <laughs> the most impressive, like, sickingly. I I I genuinely am like I can't imagine a more impressive set list than that. Right, I can't imagine a more impressive set list than that. And I think like yeah. you listen to like Le Freak, which obviously is a huge, huge song for Chic, right? And to me, like it's funk. It's a kind of because people be going, hold on, hold on. You're going to do disco, right? Aren't you? Aren't you going to do disco? And I don't know if we are or not, right? But I suppose if we are going to do disco, Chic would go in disco. But disco yeah. is basically a kind of more commercial offshoot of funk. Yeah, of course it is. Right? Of course it is. Staying Alive mm. is a funk song, mm. but with with a pop sheen, which made it disco. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, listen to that fucking bass line in Staying Alive. It's a funk baseline. Yeah. And I think if you go back to like the debut self-titled Cheek album and listen to like Strike Up the Band, um, Dance, 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 you know what I mean? Like I think, yeah, yeah unquestionably yeah. now we look at it and go, oh, disco, sure, disco. Like it sounds like, a, that's like a disco banger. But, um, yeah. but, you know, but I think there are a lot of disco songs that you go, well, ultimately like this is a funk song. Car Wash is a funk song. It's a disco song. Oh, of course it is. It's a funk song, right? Well, it was like you were saying at the start of this, right? What's the definition of funk? Some of them makes you want to get up and dance. Mm. Well, does disco want to make you... Does the best disco records, do they make you want to get up and dance? Of course. Like Car Wash. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, again, I was thinking... Staying alive, you know. And, and you know... <sighs> I was made for loving you. Mm. you know? <laughs> Heart of glass, isn't it? Your favourite. Yeah. Um, no... <laughs> And, you know, you got Noel Rogers, and I think, like, ultimately, like, I'm looking at that rhythm section of Bernard Edwards and Tony Thompson, and I'm yeah, like, Thompson, is man. this not maybe the greatest rhythm section in yeah. danceable music history? Like, yeah. fucking incredible. It's, it's outrageous. outrageous. It's outrageous. Like, I mean, you know. Groove to spare. Mm. So look, I think like I love, I really, really love Sheik, and I really love Nile Rogers. I do think maybe this would be possibly the wrong place to put them. Um, Tower of Power, I think. Let you're right, like an underrated, great underrated funk band. For me, yeah. so far, I think Sly and the Family Stone and Parliament Funkadelic we're agreed on. I yeah. I can't see past James Brown for that th- for a third one. I think from what we've no, spoken I, yeah. about, I agree with that. We. I really do feel James Brown, which leaves yeah. one yeah. place for Jamiroquai, Thundercat, or Prince. Mm. Now, 
Jamiroquai. Let's talk about Jamiroquai because we've never spoken yeah, about Jamiroquai before. No, we, haven't. Yeah, haven't. we haven't. We really haven't. Mm. The return of the Space the Cowboy. Great... Oh, interplanetary good vibe zone. Mm. <laughs> I don't... I, I, I don't kind of... Well, you know, in absolute fucking seriousness, right? I think Jamiroquai are one of the best singles bands I've ever heard. They have a pr- pretty fucking their flawless great, greatest Their hits greatest set, hit, yeah. yeah, their greatest hits that came out well, about 15 years ago now, I think it's called High Times. It'd be more than that, wouldn't it's, it? Huh? It'd be more than that, wouldn't it? I thought they had dead. Nah, nah, nah. Now come out in the mid noughties like the the greatest hit the first well the first greatest hit so yeah it was called High Times oh. um and it's every song on there is bulletproof two thousand six from there you go mm-hmm. from like you know when you're gonna learn I think it's it's like done chronologically on the album yeah you know, Emerg- when you're gonna learn Emergency on Planet Earth I, I, I did yeah. for you. Emergency on Planet Earth Space Cowboy Bang. Love Philosophy Bang. Little L Cosmic Girl, Dynamite, Seven Days in Sunny June, Virtual yeah. Insanity I can know uh You Give Me Something which is brilliant Supersonic Good Oasis Great. cover. It's not an Oasis cover. Um, feels <laughs> just like it should be, which is a live uh, one. Um, no, 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 no. What are you looking at? I'm here? looking at the, oh, the, the, the extras. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. You are. I don't believe. I was, gonna say, I was, I was like, hang on a minute. Oh, here we go. Here's High Times the Singles. All right, okay. Let's do it. Yeah, when are you going to yeah. learn? Too Young to Brilliant. Die. I'd forgotten about that song. We're too young. Blow Your Mind. Emergency on Planet Earth. Space Great. Cowboy. Virtual Insanity. Cosmic Girl. All Right. High Times. Deeper Underground. Yep. Deeper Underground oh, is a killer song. What? That bait. You want funk? Yeah. Bow, down, down, can down, Heat. I mean, that's down, brilliant down. as well. Oh, can Heat, yeah. Love, yep. full, Great. love Philosophical. Love Philosophy. Love, yeah, lo- love Fool. Corner of the Earth, you give me something, feels just like it should. Yep. Seven Days in Sunny June, yep. Don't Give Hate a Chance, Runaway Radio. Runaway. I don't remember them last Great. couple, I've got to be honest. But they were the two new songs for. Um, right, well, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, you'd know Runaway, that was that was quite a big hit. I think. You'd know She's that. a little runaway. Uh, yep, Bon Jovi covers bon the song, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I had a little. I yeah. used to really fucking hate Jamiroquai. I think a lot of people you hated did. them. I used to really hate them. I, I a lot, more people loved them, mate, because you kind of forget how fucking big oh, that. By the time hey, they were massive, uh, what was traveling about that moving man? That was huge. That album. Yeah, I mean, you know. I remember. Emergency on Planet Earth coming out, and it was on a now one of the songs. Too Young to Die would have been was on a now yeah it would have been thing, yeah. and then Return of Space Cowboy came out as well, and I was like, oh, they're they're really big now, aren't they? Really big, and I was like, oh, I don't really know, and I was a bit like, well, I don't really know what this is, but this was the period of you know the brand new heavies, and I guess like acid jazz, stack a bow, um, Galliano, yeah, us three, yeah, stack a stack a bow. Do they count? They're not really. They're not really part of that. No. You know, mate, you from a stack of bow. He directed. Um... Come on, dead as a crime. You said it yourself. Dead, yeah, it's dead, it, 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 the fucking um, Sherlock the Holmes blew up in, in Russia. What? The radiation thing. Chernobyl. That's the one. Fuck me. The bloke from Stack of Bow directed Chernobyl. Dire- yeah, directed Chernobyl. Did he? Google it right now. Google it right now. I mean, we've. Google Spent Stack long, a Bow. A lot longer than I thought we were going to do on 
everything so far. Stack a bow. <laughs> so, so was the way. I don't know why you put a time limit on shit. Man. Well, I didn't. I didn't even. It just. It, you, you, oh, jo- Johan Renk, right? Yeah, that's the one. You Google yep. Stack a bow. Here we go. Comes up before them as a band comes up. He looks different, doesn't he? I know. Here we go again. Here we go, go, go. I think that's the words. Um, <laughs> well, it, Jonas van der Berg. Okay, fine. I mean, it, there's no... Yeah. He's not got his own Wikipedia page. Rubbish. So I can't tell you if that's true or not. I will take your word for it, though. It does say Swedish director. Yeah. Um, director Chernobyl. Bloody hell. He d- the Russian, the Russian radiation thing. Fuck's sake! It's got guys. movies. <laughs> he directed Black Star by David Bowie as well, but lots of things. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe it. He says. Um, but anyway, anyway, yeah. uh, early nineties acid jazz. Yeah, so I loved all of that. Go- uh, what was it? Jasmine Chat, Jasmine Taz, with that album coming out. You know. Well, this is what I was going to say to you. Does that mean that Jamiroquai are in the the wrong? place here well yeah but you could also say that about you know she the family stone and she well you could you know is it r&b is it soul it's like does it make you want to dance and move your feet are there some outrageous grooves in a lot of jamiroquai songs mm. especially from that mid-90s period mm. yes it was yes it was acid jazz but there was an awful lot of 70s funk and disco um that was brought into the 90s well and like yeah that's definitely yeah I, I i i you know i'm, I'm probably going to be alone on that hill but i i do generally think that you know for quite a while I, like you said you can fucking stand your miracle i always thought jk was a bit of a genius i know he was kind of labeled as the twat in the hat by the press but you know so w- w- what do you want from your front men you want that or do you want chris martin that's what i always say mm. imagine if matty ely put a hat on oh yeah, oh, can you imagine? Up in the mad, wouldn't they? Um, I'm obsessed yeah. with Mayhe. I am. I am obsessed with Mayhe. Yeah, you are. Um, yeah, mate. Good. I get yeah. it. I absolutely get it. I think it's one of those ones. Jamiroquai is a bit like Chic in the fact that I yeah. think they could go in there definitely. Mm. And I have massively reappraised Jamiroquai now because weirdly, I was one mm. of the people who, when he got big, I totally turned on it, and I wanted. I was into heavy music and stuff, and I was sort of, yeah. I was sort of drawn to that earlier kind of acid jazz stuff mm. and then when it became sort of full disco i was like oh he's a prick he's a sellout and all that and i'm not gonna fuck this guy like i'm gonna well, listen to sepultura but that's my problem isn't it yeah but i was listening to sepultura and rocky for the crits in like 1996 as well but i was also buying cosmic girl on single yeah and getting down yeah see i didn't do the that rug. i was like fuck fuck i fucking love cosmic girl oh, that's great. even now i yeah, I put it coming on the van today and i was just like oh it- they are a band a now that I look at what and I go, yeah, they were really good actually, weren't they? Yeah. I, were, I, was, I was very wrong. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, I guess, could Sheik go in there? Yes, they could. Could Jamiroquai go in there? Yes, they could. I think somebody who you definitely would go, absolutely, you would belong here if you do. And I think it's a great shout. I thought it was a great shout. It was one that I thought of, but then I was like, I'm not as familiar mm. with. I think Thundercat is, he kind of feels like the guy in... You know he's been on, he's on the recent Gorillaz album. He's on um been to, on to pimp, to pimp a butterfly. I tell you what's really yeah. good, that Africa Pack and Bruno Mars album, oh, right? Yeah, and he's on that, and his mm. what's the fucking name of the song on that? It's fucking great. 
fucking great and yet he is because you know like i say like a lot of people being who are pop stars now would go oh there's a bit of funk in there and stuff thundercat is proper like well this is like the old school idea of funk brought into this modern era and yeah i'll come and work with lots and lots and lots of people he is really fucking cool really fucking cool and i think he's someone that you go like yeah that if you're gonna go for someone more modern i think it's a good shout i mean mate you picked him so what are you saying i did uh i mean someone like thundercat i think more than anyone else has kind of made funk kind of cool and hip again yeah. he's a massive part of that mm. and bring it and bringing in the kids you know the younger generation into this kind of music and you can tell like the music he was brought up on or you can hear his influences man it's, it's pure bootsy so you know, much. The funkadelic and all that kind of because he has that almost cartoon fucking vibe when you look at him when you see him like when he's playing or something when I, I first became aware of him um, through his work with Kamasi Washington who was more than anyone else is like kind of got me back into jazz music about 10 years ago yeah um, obviously, he has worked with Kendrick. Flight, he worked with you know with Flying Lotus, um, and the like the biggest one for me, and the kind of saddest one for me, like the work he did with Mac Miller. Mm. Oh I, yeah, you're you a big know, fan of Mac Miller, aren't you? I, huge I still man. haven't really gone and, in. On and that. Like I would say, if if he was still alive, man, he'd be headlining Reading. He would be as big as Eminem was, you know, twenty mm. odd years ago. Legit, fucking huge. His um, I always forget the fucking name of it. I always forget the name of this bloody show all the time. There's there's like a YouTube series. Um, is it called like Little Concert or something? Where look, like a big artist will play like a, a little gig, and it looks like they're kind of playing like a music shop or something. Not the, M- or not the NPR music desk. Yes, right, okay. that's the one. Yeah, Sting and Shaggy did one. That was an experience. <laughs> Good God. Um, but yeah, um, Mac Miller did one, and yeah, he's. he's got a wicked little band round and then all of a sudden you just see Thundercats shuffling at the back and all of a sudden just bringing his A game bringing the funk bringing the bottom end and there's no kind of like oh this is Thundercat it's just like that's fucking Thundercat yeah. and I was just like wow and he's he's a bass playing genius he's, he's a genius producer larger than life kind of just guy got this kind of cartoon kind of larger than life kind of comic book almost image about him and he, he's bringing that kind of p-funk stuff into the 21st century which is fucking great he is yeah he's he's really cool like he's really cool yeah he is he is so cool but Prince Prince, <laughs> Prince. the most talented music, musician ever Maybe. Yeah. Goes without saying. No one comes close. I mean, quite possibly the most talented musician ever. And as I said earlier, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I cut this bit out or not. Might have done. But I have been, I went, I should have been listening to everyone that we were talking about today. And I just listened to Prince. <laughs> as soon as you messaged me that, I put on the fucking Batman soundtrack straight away. I put Bat Dance on earlier, and I was like, I, so I was like listening to it. Party I was listening man. to bits and bobs here and there, like for some of our picks. And I was like, 
Oh, I might put a print. I was like, "What print story?" So I put on that. And there's a there's a new a kind of a new remastered, uh, recut or, or like new version of uh, a cream that came out last year or something. They did. And I was like, "Oh, I didn't even oh, didn't okay. even see that." And I put that mm. on. It's like it's got just got this big jam at the end. And I was just like, "How can you deny that Prince is not funk when you listen to that?" And that's like one of the newer things. Yeah. And I just think that like again, yeah. Prince would be like, because you, you could have picked Hendrix for this, right? You could have gone, oh, Hendrix is kind of, he's everything kind of, there's a there's a funk to, to Hendrix, like a funk, the funk, oh, gotcha. the funk rock thing. You know, we, we mm. weren't going to be silly enough to pick like Red or Chili Peppers or something like that, which is a, you know, or, or early Faith No More or whatever, because it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And so you could go, no. well, look, wh- what is Prince? It's, it's a Radiohead thing again. What is Prince? In fact, um, Somebody, you know, last week when we picked our top five pop albums, someone on the download forum, apologies, mate, I've forgotten your name. Um, he was like, mm. no Purple Rain, no Sign of the Times, pathetic. And I was like, well, the thing is, mm. it is pathetic. I agree. <laughs> like to, yeah. to, 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 to say that Justified by Justin Timberlake is is better than those albums. Yeah, that is pathetic. But that's I'm not saying that because no. I'm not sure you can necessarily go, oh, Prince is a pop star. The only thing about Prince that makes him a pop star is the fact that he sold a hundred kajillion, kabillion records and he was yeah. on every fucking magazine cover and he was on MTV 24-7 during the during the 80s, during his peak, right? That's the only thing that really makes Prince a pop star. His music is, it's poppy and it's catchy and it's brilliant, but yeah. it's rock, it's soul, it's funk, it's almost borderline progressive in some points. Well, you know, when he goes into them fucking big old Hammond organ things, you're like... Yeah, that, that's 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 almost prog. Like that dude, you know, like, and there's electro parts like R and B. Like everything. I don't genuinely don't know where you put Prince. I genuinely don't know. And I've gone right. Well, we're doing funk first time around. I listen to like I would die for you and Pat Dance and like part. I listen to Party <laughs> Man, right? And I listen to Cream. And uh, and I was suddenly and I was like, nah, he's yeah. going in. Nah, he's, he's, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick him in here. And again, like you might disagree and you might go, I think there's a better place for it. And I would be willing to kind of bend on that potentially. Um, I don't know what for though, because for me, James Brownstein, The Family Stone, Parliament Funkadelic, and Prince feels like absolutely bulletproof. And I think if you do, I love Chic. I think they're going to go in disco if we do disco. I think Jamiroquai really great. We'll do some kind of acid jazz, like other jazz thing at some point. I think they could go in there. I think Thundercat is wicked. I think he's absolutely Mm. wicked, but he is very much a... um, he is very much a uh, uh, the kind of the, res- the the kind of the result of his influences, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and is it also, I suppose, I mean, you know, obviously Thundercat's fucking incredible, but is it more because he's kind of more known for his collaborations than being an artist in his own right? Yeah, I mean, look, that that can be fucking brilliant. Not to say that the stuff he has released under his own name hasn't been good. It's been fucking amazing. You know, I mean, he did a fucking duet with Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald from the. Doobie I know, Brothers I saw that. <laughs> Fuck, let me show you. Whoa, what a song! And he's just, and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> so good. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, like, I, I actually would be, and like Tara Power, obviously, very, very kind yeah. of unsung heroes of that. But yeah. I just think you look at. I think you look at yeah, like yeah. James Brown's Slime of Amsterdam Parliament and Prince, yeah. and I'm just like, that's Prince. strong in it. Yeah, that is strong. I've been, I've been trying to think because initially I was just like, 
Prince Funk. Yeah, but I don't know. And then I was just like you were saying, it's like, where, where do you put them? It's like the Radiohead thing. It's like, where, if not here, where? Mm. Um, so if not here, where? To, Pop? Well, well, no. Yeah, but to be fair though, mate, uh, unlike Radiohead, you can easily put Prince in about 15 other categories. Yeah, that's true. You know, Pop being the most, like, you could put me in fucking rock. You could put him in rock. You know? I remember when Kerrang was a proper metal mag and had Prince on the front cover. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, right? Um, but, but yeah, I think this is the lo- most logical place to have Prince. I'm, I, mate, I'm absolutely fine with, with Sly and Family Stone, you know, George Clinton and, and all his aliases. Mm-hmm. Um, James Brown and Prince. James Brown. Ow! <laughs> um, uh, sorry, when we talked about James Brown earlier, all I could see in my head was uh, the Eddie Murphy sketch. Too hot! <laughs> in the hot tub! <laughs> Burn my hell! Moving? Yeah. Grooving? Yeah. yeah. Sam Abuzza? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I met James Brown on Saturday in the lab. I said, James, I love your stuff. He said, Sam Abuzza. <laughs> no one knows what the fuck James is saying. <laughs> Very good. It's some so of that. Uh, I'm uh, glad that we've managed to find a bit of Eddie Murphy yeah. stand up from the 80s, which isn't going to get us cancelled. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, that's all yeah, right. Yeah, nice. Funk. Right. There you go. James Brown, Slyner Family Stone, Parliament Funkadelic, George Clinton. And Done. Prince. Prince might be in Prince. four or five. Uh, yeah. Are we allowed to? Yeah, are we allowed to do repeat artists? Of course you are. Of yeah. course. Okay. Of course, yeah. Um, you might. Uh, Just making the rules might, up as he goes. You might have along. to after this one. Let's end on punk rock. Punk rock, guys. Yeah. Punk rock. It's a state. It's yeah. a state of mind, isn't it? Isn't it? Don't know. It's a t-shirt. You, t-shirt you buy in H and M, isn't it? <laughs> t-shirt I would buy well, in H and M. Yeah. Where did you get that Misfits t-shirt from? H and V fan. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> punk rock is which, a genre yeah. which I like a lot and have done a lot over the years. I don't think that will yeah. be uh, big news to anyone. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. But that whole thing of like, well, you know, punk rock's an attitude. Um, it can't. It is. It is, definitely. Mm. But I also think if we're going to open punk rock to being just an attitude, then that means that, you know, the 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 Mount Rushmore of punk could be Kraftwerk, Johnny Cash. And do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, for me, yeah. it is, it is yeah. an attitude, but it also is a style of music. And it's one that I am more likely than the other two that we've done here today to get a little bit anal about. Sorry about that. How about you? There we go. So that's best of last. Mm. Mate, I'm I'm all I'm all cool in the game. Okay. Okay. You know, let's have a chat. Let's have a chat. So my five for punk rock. And it is there's some controversial choices here, I think. The Stooges. Mm. The Ramones. It's not punk. That's not punk. Alright, let me <laughs> fucking really <laughs> <Here> he is. <laughs> the clash. Sorry. Yeah. The descendants mm. rancid. What is your five, okay. guys? Uh, all right, we've got Dave Kennedy's, uh, Huskadoo, mm-hmm. uh, Black Flag, Green Day, mm-hmm. to a point. <laughs> Before <laughs> they formed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're basically the demo tape before Kaplan. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Rancid. Okay. So, only one crossover there only one rancid there's only so, so we've one. gone what we've gone th- where life you think the levelers yeah i was yeah oh yeah i was nice. yeah so we, we had three two one one like ted rogers 
It's a bit Ted Rogers. Red Todgers. Red Todgers. And his two lovely secretaries. Yeah, it's a different time, isn't it? Oh, put you in the dusty bin, if anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyone under the age of 39 isn't going to get that, but that's fine. No. Um, no. <laughs> we, no. We've tried, the hardest quiz show on TV. <laughs> what we want to do is, we don't want to do this podcast forever, so we're trying to tailor it to people that are going to die in the next 20 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway... <laughs> Right, okay, so yeah. we might as well do Rancid then, because it looks like we yeah. agree on that. Now, the thing about Rancid is we they're do. not the biggest punk band in the world. They're not even the most influential punk band in the world, but they might just be the best punk band in the world. They might just be the best straight-ahead punk rock band in history. And Out Come the Wolves is, I would say, unquestionably, for my money, the finest punk rock album ever ever made by anyone that's what i believe i think they followed it up the, the, the two albums that sandwich it are would be any other punk band's best album by let's go would yeah. be your best album by a fucking mile if yep. you didn't have that life won't wait would be your best album by a fucking mile if you didn't have that yes they sound like the clash yes they look like postcard punks yes all of those you know things that people kind of used to sneer at rancid for they may well be true but at the end of the day Listen to their music. It's the yep. best. The end. I mean, well, not, not quite the end. It's not quite it? the end because you've got to, you've got to <laughs> talk quite the end. now, haven't you? Well, no, it's not quite the end of you because, you know, um, you can do Tim Armstrong impressions, Steve. I can do Tim Armstrong impressions, but I won't for the minute. Uh, yeah. It's more important oh, that okay. you, you get say, your you, say you on those. All right, all right. Well, yeah. Are they the greatest punk band of all time? No. Are they the greatest punk bands of the 90s or that kind of you know the second coming of punk or whatever you know there's that um you ever seen that amazing documentary i think it was called 1994 yes i stumbled across it on youtube yep. years ago really good yeah well like, you know fat mike and you know they're, they're all, all in it. it from that period and it's it's um yeah dexter holland yeah it's it's, it's fucking really good man it's really really good you know, are they are they the best band of that crop of bands? Unquestionably, yes, for me. In, ter- yeah. in terms of songs, like you said, you know, they look like you know, the postcard punks. You, you see sniffing glue on Camden Town Bridge, you know, charging a five pound for a picture, and all that bollocks. But I couldn't give a fuck. Two iconic front men, um, outcome the wolves, whatever it is, you know, nine to eighteen, nineteen songs. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone like a fucking last minute winner in the World Cup final. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It just is every song. I'm like, I listen again. I listen to it. I've listened to Alma in a while because I don't really need to yeah. anymore. But when I do, every time you do, you are like fucking Zebedee, aren't you? you yes, yeah, you are. I was just mad. like, unfortunately, I listened to it. Well, actually, it kind of worked because, like I was saying to you this morning, fuck, I had way too much caffeine this morning, and then I put on bloody rancid, and it actually, you know, I, I ended up being an hour ahead. <laughs> <laughs> by about half past 11 I was like oh I'm going to pull over and have a kip then because I've had a massive caffeine crash <laughs> Gaz was no, going was, down uh, delivering stuff down people's chimneys oh, I, was like, I was just chucking it out the fucking window like paper boy <laughs> um, I like two iconic front men um, they never sold out bulletproof fucking songs just absolutely fucking bulletproof and again yeah that run of I, I'd say four albums like um, 
Let's go. Out come the Wolves. Uh, life won't wait. Life won't wait. And the self-titles. I think the self-titles are fucking great. It is good. I do like that as well. You know, antenna, antennas is one of my favourite. Tim Armstrong. I mean, if you're going to do that, then surely um, you've got to stick Indestructible in there as well. It's nowhere near as good. Mm. It's got moments. I think. I'm a full, but Dan's brilliant. Yeah, of course it is. Brilliant song. David, I like David, David Courtney. Well, fucking. David Courtney. David, well, I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit Cox Sparrow, isn't it? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Um, well, Cox Sparrow and the business and all that. I just, I just nah. But that's fully what Rancid sort of do and are. And I think that's what's brilliant. No, I know. And I've, got, I've got no problem with that. Really, is that they've kind of made yeah. that listenable. I know there are people who listen to this podcast who really like a lot of that stuff. I've never, I'm the same as you, the business and, you know, yeah. Cox Sparrow and GBH and the exploited yeah. and that. Like, I've never really been yeah. that kind of like yeah. class of that UK 82 thing. Uh, you know, I'm not, no. I'm more, well, more say, of a discharge say, man. Yeah. Oh, funny you say that. I'm going to see discharge in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. That'd yeah. be good. They're play- yeah, it's going to be fucking amazing. It's a tiny little club uh, just around the corner of where um, my girlfriend lives. I'm really, wait, hold. It's. Under t- under two hundred under two hundred capacity, it's gonna be a mad one. Why haven't we picked Discharge? Hardcore band, aren't they? D beat. They got their yeah. they invented their own genre. We'll that's do de- that another de- day. Yeah, it's D beat. That'll be D beat. That's gonna be the D beat. Just, yeah, <laughs> just them. Fuck that's niche. Them, uh, yeah. <laughs> dis fit dis something yeah. dis. Yeah. So look, rancid. Yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, yeah. uh, do they deserve yeah. to be considered one of the greatest punk bands of all time? In comparison, yes. I don't in, in their legacy and stuff. I don't really know, but look, musically speaking, I think they're I think fucking if you, undeniable. If you're of a certain age, if you're of a certain age, people hold rancid in such fucking high regard. Yep. They hold them very close to their mm-hmm. bosom. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. One of mine. One of yours. One of mine. One of yours. Then, the Stooges. You have a problem with me picking the Stooges. I don't have a problem with the Stooges. No, no, no. More pals than the greatest albums ever made. I didn't say that. I said you have a problem with me picking no. the Stooges in this capacity. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're a punk band. They're the first punk bands, I think. That's the, that's the Ramones. Who are also on my list. But we'll get to that in a second. Obvious. We'll get to a second. Obvious. Well, you know, it may be obvious, but it's <laughs> correct as well. Like, you know... Um, this, I just went through the t-shirts at HMV. I, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, my five were Justin Bieber, <laughs> Sublime, <laughs> The Ramones, Motorhead. Let me get a fucking Velvet yeah. Revolver t-shirt in Top Man once. Yeah, but, weird. Anyway. Um, blimey. I, I think the Stooges, I think because of, I mean, yes, look. They're punk before punk's a thing, right? They're punk before punk is actually a thing. And you could probably, and I, and I suppose that, look, oh God, I'm actually going to contradict my own, I'm going to kind of downplay my own pick here. If you listen to, to Funhouse, which I would say is the best album for my money of their career, mm. um, and yeah. just one of the best albums by anyone ever, I mm. think that there's a lot of stuff which probably you wouldn't consider sort of punk rock in its now kind of fully formed way but if a band like i don't know suicide for example the punk and they are right they're considered that mm. talking heads were considered a punk band back in the day do they sound like you know kind of oh 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 no they don't right i think stooges predate punk and are the number one most influential the the clearest influence to what punk rock became because everybody from those new york bands they 
who who formed the genre of punk or if you want to go to the uk all those bands in the uk who formed that genre of punk five six years before that happened the only band they all exclusively definitely listened to were the stooges and iggy pop has gone on to be called the godfather of punk he's had a career where he is almost universally associated with punk rock and I just think that for that alone, you kind of have to consider the Stooges like year zero for punk. In the same way as I talked about James Brown, who's doing what James Brown did before James Brown did and turned it like made funk its own genre. I think the Stooges sort of make punk rock their own genre. Now, I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to let you say it. Yo, yo, Taylor, I'm going to let you finish. Um, you think they're garage rock? And do we do garage rock in the future because if we don't yes, i think because if we don't no, no, we, are going in we are we are we are definitely doing garage rock i'm saying it now the only thing that would make me back down <sighs> from putting the stooges in punk and i wouldn't be very happy about it i'm not saying i'm definitely gonna do it but the only thing that would make me back down from putting the stooges in punk rock is if i knew 100 percent guaranteed they would go they would be like first draft in garage rock But I also get your argument, you see, that they were... I wouldn't necessarily call them the first punk bands, but in terms of all those bands that followed, be that, you know, the New York Dolls, be that the Pistols, do you know what I mean? All of them. All came from the fact that the Stooges were a thing. In the late 60s, they released those three fucking incredible albums. Mm -hmm. And also you know one of the most gnarliest fucking borderline unlistable live albums ever metallic ko just like oh, jesus um and I, and I get it and i've got no kind of issue putting them up there i haven't yeah okay i th- yeah I, I i think they need to be up there really the, it kind of makes more sense putting them here, regardless of whether I think they're garage rock or not. It makes more sense putting them on the punk kind of side and I, of the mountain. And I think, you know, the Ramones are the first, like, de- you are definitely a punk band. Yeah. So the Ramones are definitely a punk band. So I would yeah. say probably you either pick the Stooges or the Ramones. Me personally, I prefer the Stooges to the Ramones. I love the Ramones. Oh, but I prefer the Stooges to the Ramones yeah. personally. Yeah, yeah, I do now. I mean, I mean, you know, the Ramones were, the, were, the, were one of my kind of sort of gateway bands into punk, you know, and they were very kind of they were a wonderful thing for that because it kind of stepped me off down that road. You know, hearing those kind of gnarly songs for the first time when you first hear like. Um, you know, I want to be sedated and um, a blitzkrieg bop mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, teenager bottomy and, 
Sheenie was a commando. I remember hearing Sheenie was a punk rocker on, yeah, on a punk yeah. compilation that my dad had. Right, it's one of those. Do you remember <laughs> those crap punk compilations that came out around kind of the late eighties into the early nineties when punk sort of started to be a thing again, sound yeah. the suburbs and stuff, and it would be like you know oh, two four six yeah. eight by like Tom Robinson uh, or like Tom or Robinson, like Elvis Costello yeah. and stuff like that. Right, and yeah. just I I had one like that. I had, I had the best punk album in the world ever. Yeah, and it's got like. The yeah, Stranglers, yeah. like you know, yeah. pe- Buzz peach, peaches the by the Stranglers, and you're like, oh, okay. yeah. Uh, but I remember like yeah. Sheena's a punk rocker being on that, and I remember being, that yeah. it stood out from everything, yeah. everything, yeah, even the other it bands really that I would like. Even well, the Clash yeah. were one of the other bands that were on that, but it was London Calling, and I think, you know, that that's not Janie Jones or White Riot or whatever, you no, know. But no, uh, exactly. Um, but, but but again, like like we were talking about with Parliament and stuff, like the um, the Ramones were like a like a cartoon come to life, almost. Yep. You know, it was, and whilst it kind of sort of set me off down that road to kind of bands that I feel I love a hell of a lot more than the Ramones, you know. But there's no denying the fact that the Ramones were my kind of gateway band really into mm-hmm. into punk even before Green Day. Yeah. Really, Dead Kennedys then. Yeah, the greatest punk band of all time. Is that what you reckon? Is that your pick? Yeah, that is my yeah pick. I mean, look, tough to argue with that. I mean, the Dead Kennedys occupy a really interesting space in the history of punk rock for me. Yeah, which is one yeah. again where I think probably punk is where I would put them. They're a punk band, but they oh they are a punk band, but they yeah. cross into yeah. the idea of hardcore, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in a second i think the dead kennedys are a band who lots of people consider a hardcore band i actually don't consider them a hardcore band i think punk would be the correct terminology for the dead kennedys personally um because i think they did a thing um i mean they're just incredibly important a band dead kennedys Mm -hmm. to but this is the thing right they're an incredibly important band too hardcore even though they're not a hardcore band maybe a bit like the stooges are the most important band to punk even though they're not a punk band i feel like the dead kennedys are one of the most important bands to hardcore despite the fact that i don't actually think they're a hardcore band so i fucking i love the dead kennedys i love jello's voice i love how weird their songs are i love how kind of you know kind of borderline incomprehensible the entire thing is and you know they 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 are for me like the weird band like the comparisons with system of a down make all the sense in the world to me when you think you use the system, <laughs> yeah. you like you go kind of 20 years down the line and you get system of a down and they said, oh, dead kennedys i remember getting fresh fruit for rotten vegetables in about 1998 and i didn't i just saw it in the shops and i was like i keep seeing this fucking album cover Apparently, this is like incredible. It's really, really good. And I remember getting it back. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, because that 80s punk production is hard. When you first yeah. hear it, Tinny it might have fuck. been the yeah, first one of those bands, you know, the kind of the Bad Brains. And uh, I know I'd heard Bad Brains at that point, although I'd actually heard mm. kind of late 80s, early 90s Bad Brains. So it wasn't even really the same as hearing like, you know, Rock for Light or whatever. But hearing that for the first time, I was like, wow, this, the production, this is shocking. But then once I got around that and got into the songs, I was like, mm. man, you know, this band are fucking spectacular. So 
Yeah, I've got a lot of love for the dead Kennedys, mate. Yeah, that's... The day I heard the dead Kennedys for the first time kind of changed everything for me in regards to what I considered, like, punk music, mm. you know, like challenging music. They were probably the first kind of challenging music. Well, they were the first band that I got into, really, that played that kind of sort of challenging music. It wasn't, it wasn't the Ramones. It wasn't just fucking bar chords, four on the floor drumming mm. on every song or, you know the Beatles or it was just something just weird and darker and gnarlier and the kind of you know the vicious and fucking sardonic fucking lyrics and I'd never heard a fucking vocalist like Jenna Biafra before mm. and you know the, the surf rock guitar riffs you know um, it kind of sounded like um, you know the bastard son of Dick Dale or something <laughs> yeah just like the way he, the way East Bay Ray just fucking attacked that fucking Telecaster guitar, you know, the machine gun fucking drums like DH Pellegro, man, RIP, like died a couple of years ago. Probably my favorite punk drummer. This is way more than just punk. I mean, you know, Biafra kind of he attacked everyone from politicians to religion to fucking Reagan consumerism. Um, they had the coolest logo, um, you know, the best songs, the funniest lyrics, the best album artwork. Plastic Surgery Disasters, their kind of sophomore album from uh, 82. It's my, it's my all-time favourite punk album. Really? Yeah. Wow. It, uh, you know, uh, Government Flu, Halloween, Riot, uh, Terminal Preppy, um, Moon Over Marin. Moon Over Marin is, is what, just absolutely superb, towering achievement of the song. But then you also get the stuff like, um, you know, obviously... Nazi punks fuck off. Mm. Brilliant. You know, no, de no dead Kennedys. You probably wouldn't have got bands like Napalm Death. Or, you know, Sepultura. Unquestionably. And stuff like that. Their influence on, you know, the extreme music that, that I love, that you fucking adore, that Sam adores, you know, a lot of these bands probably wouldn't have even been a thing if it hadn't been for bands like the Dead Kennedys. Because, like, I remember... Um, like seeing, um, like our, like going back, like years. Remember, our, our price used to have like, um, like a single, like a seven-inch single section. Mm. And I remember seeing the Nazi punks fuck off single in there, with the fucking swastika armbands in the clear kind of sleeve and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Years before I'd heard even knew who Dead Kennedys were. I remember seeing it when I was about I don't know, twelve or something. It scared the shit out of me. And I can't imagine, because like no one was playing that fast before that song. I mean, that song was 1981, I think. Yeah, there are a few. There are a few. There are mm. a few might have been, but not with, not like that. Not like that, but you know, a kind of vitriolic attack. Mm. Just like the way it starts, that like overproduced by Martin Hannett. Take <laughs> yeah, four. What do you do for? Yeah. Let's go. Yes. Oh, you know, and it's that thing like, with the production. Once you kind of train your ear and your ears get adjusted to it, like the first time you hear it, you know, like you said, you know, you would first time we yeah. heard "Bullet to Kill the Poor," and it's got that fucking tinny, fucking like scratchy fucking guitar, and it does hurt because there's no bottom end in the production at all. No matter how many times that album's been fucking remastered, it still sounds like absolute dog mm. shit. But it doesn't matter. 
the songs are incredible. Yeah, they are. They're, they're brilliant. And I mean, yeah, Dead, they're just, Dead Kennedys, they're, they're great. Yeah. I have to say, from the other four, the ones that I didn't pick, the Dead Kennedys, uh, just a spoiler, are the ones who I think I would be most keen to have in there. So let's go through the other ones. I'm going to say, yeah. all right, Black Flag. Black Flag are a hardcore band. Done. Yeah. Black Flag are a hardcore band. They're not going in punk. Yeah. No way. No way. Okay. You all right yeah. with that? Yeah, because that basically means we're both going to pick them for hardcore. Oh, absolutely. They're going to yeah, go yeah. on the no, wall, of course. so it's yeah. fine. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> undoubtedly. For hardcore, it's a fucking no-brainer. I think Black yeah. Flag, that, that Dead Kennedy's Black Flag thing, that's a split right there. I mean, you know, like, I think yeah. we, you, you'd go bad brains. Because we had the conversation before and you were going, because you, you said, like, when we were chatting about this before, we were chatting the other day, and you were like, oh, I'm going to have Fugazi in there. And I was like, no point. Like they can't, they can't go in punk, straight punk. There's so much more than that. There's so much more, and there's so many other places where I think they would fit better than straight punk. And I okay. feel the same about Black Flag. I feel equally strong about Black Flag. Not only do I think Black Flag are the basically the definitive hardcore band, the definitive hardcore band. Um, I I also think they're also way more than just a hardcore band as well i mean when you get oh, when you are. get to fucking you know we'll talk about my we've had andy cairns on to talk about my war and it was like yeah off you go b-side of my war man. yeah nothing left inside yeah i mean like you know yeah. it's not it's not the this is this is not the place for them i believe mm. and i would probably to kind of segue into that as well like andy came on and he, he spoke about um he spoke about husker do as well and he spoke about Zen Arcade and I bought that on I I said to him I was like you know what a bit of a fucking bit of a like uh, an embarrassing um, gap in my knowledge Husk could do because mm. you know I really only knew Candy Apple Grey really yeah. and so Fair Zen enough. Arcade coming in I was like holy shit and right. again they're more than just a straight punk band aren't they surely yeah, but it's kind of like where, if not here, then where? It's like what your eighties alternative. Yeah, eighties alternative. Yes, a post hardcore. Um, I'm oh, not post hardcore. Probably not going to get in in post hardcore, are they? But like, yeah, like alternative rock, college rock. Um, yeah, college, yeah. I guess you know, eighties college rock. You could put them in with like you know the replacements mm-hmm. and Soul Asylum and stuff like that. I yeah. guess uh, Minutemen. Yeah, but then it would, would yeah, minute man. But then would REM go in with eighties college rock? And it's just like, well, you can't really put them in with that because about everything else. I guess you kind of could, you know? right? And I think you know the like, but for me again, like everything about Husker Do equates to more than just punk rock. I think that's the thing about it, right? And 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 when yeah. and when you think of when I think of like when I kind of laser focusing on the idea of punk rock as a musical genre, and it tends to be like that what i'm about to talk about with the descendants and what we spoke about rancid and we will talk about in green with green day or you know postcard punk mohawks and spiked up hair and leather jackets and Mm. like kind of what inspired that and how that became that i think you know they're basically a kind of melodic hardcore band stroke alt rock band stroke college rock band who they don't look like a punk i know it doesn't matter but like Husker, you no. don't even look like a punk band. Do you know what I mean? They don't even. 
They don't even look like a sort of punk band at all to me. No, that's fair. I mean, the, you, you listen to like the debut or like the early is it that, the debut EP um, was, um, Land Speed Record. Mm. I think it's called. It's one that's got Diane on it, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty fucking hardcore. <clears throat> that's hardcore. But that's the only thing they did that would, I guess what you could call kind of hardcore punk. Mm. After that, it was that kind of, that they were almost like, I don't know, they did have that kind of Lennon McCartney thing going on with Grant Hart and Bob Mould. A kind of constant kind of friction, push and pull. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know if you've read Bob Mould's. I haven't actually, no. Like, but uh, one of, I'll, I'll lend it to you, mate. It's a hell of a fucking read. Mm. And, you know, there was there was some mad shit going down with Husker Do. They both had to have exactly the same amount of songs. <laughs> you know, they, they weren't... They, you couldn't have two Bob Mould songs after each other. It had to be divided up. That's mad, isn't it? And all this kind of stuff. But... It, but that's what made them tick. That's what made them so fucking special, man. Yeah. And I, I fucking, I fucking adore Huskado. I, I do prefer where Bob Mould went after Huskado. Mm-hmm. I love Sugar. Mm-hmm. I love his solo career. But I, I, I kind of struggle to think where else to put Huskado. But obviously now we've had that chat. That yeah, I think yeah, '80s alternative rock. Would be it? I'd be, I'd be an interesting it, chat. Yeah, I think I think they're better suited to go there. Yeah. Um, there's only really one place you can put the Clash if you're going to put them in. And the Clash for me are—they are the only British band that we have picked out of ten bands. Well, yeah. actually, out of nine bands, there's that's quite there's shameful. One actually. British band, and it's the Clash. That's quite shameful. No Pistols. I mean, look. That, now, um, I would never pick the pistols. Sorry, mate. I mean, I think talk about a perfect discography. If you're going to put one album out and it's all fucking yeah, right. killer, well, it's like yeah, it's like the Lars, isn't it? Perfect discography, yeah. isn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, it's maybe not enough for me. It's not enough for me when you know Buzzcocks and. You know, and how I think like how influential like this, even the Spiral Scratch EP was, the damned, the yeah. damned, you'd be like the first one on the ground. Yeah, like fucking yep. X-ray specs. I mean, again, like we haven't yep. even picked. Exactly. There's, there's no, there's oh, actually no, no that's quite there's shameful. actually no female representation here other than well, uh, Black Flag, you know, has had its female representation. What? One base. Well, player. look, you know, I'm clutching at straws a little bit <laughs> there, unfortunately. But, but I know, I know, this is actually quite shameful. Yeah. Mate, I'm sorry. But the thing is, is that you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have, I don't know, Bikini Kill or uh, X-ray Specs. Actually, it, it, it would be a good shout. Yeah, they'd be the ones. Would be a good shout. Um, but yeah. I'm not sure. Or Susie, like again, Susie the Banshees to me would be. I mean, I probably prefer yeah. Susie the Banshees to like at least two of my picks in punk. But I don't think that that's. I don't think Susie no. the Banshees belong here. Do you know what I mean? I just no. don't think they do. I, I I think I kind of picked my list simply as in the case of like the body of work. Mm. I was literally just going on the kind of songs and more so than I, I guess more so than influence. Yeah. I think. And and even so, I mean like, you know, these are incredibly influential artists. You know, you can't you well, they, can't yeah. really argue. I mean, I guess aside from Rancid, no. You can't, who, you know, uh, like we've, we've spoken about, just like that being a very, very personal adoration that we have for that band. With the rest yeah. of them, you can't really argue. I mean, I know, like, 
with prog you go female prog artist i don't think that's really it's not a very feminine it's a fucking we- it's a wiener yeah, fest isn't right? it it's um f- just is what it is you know we got we got yeah. a fair bit in uh in the funk thing there i think that's you know like um you yeah. know maybe not lead artists there but i think that you know mm. i mean i thought of something like the gap band as well and i was like you know that would have been one that i, I was sort of considering um mm. but or or like um you know like, would you have shaka khan in funk probably not quite in there no. yeah right Do you know so it's that's kind of r&b yeah, r&b really in a different area so uh, yeah. but but punk rock you are like well yeah there's lots and lots of choices that we could have had for women but i do think that yeah. you know like I'm, I like. Para, uh, would I have Paramore over like the Clash? I mean, I don't think Paramore fit in punk rock. No, that's that'd be a pop punk. Yeah, which we'll get into. So the Clash, yeah. as I was saying, the Clash, right? The Clash are the only British representatives, uh, which I think, considering how you know the explosion happened over here, to me that makes them mm. a pretty fucking compelling inclusion. Uh, I think their debut album is the best punk rock sounding British punk album, their self-titled debut. I think London Calling mm. is the best British punk album. Yeah, fair. And, um, and I think, you know, Sandinista is a bit long, admittedly, but I think it's got some great stuff on it. I think, you know, there's there's when mm. they turned away from punk rock with like combat rock, I think that's great. I think a lot of people, you know, I've got to give them enough rope on vinyl, like from the day my dad bought it from the day oh. it came out, and I think it's really good. I know there are some people like, eh, oh, but I think it's a great album. Given mm. enough, um, given enough mm. rope, it's really good. Um, yeah. And they were the most talented, most dexterous, most creative band of that era from that school. It feels like an absolute no-brainer to me that the clash would be the ones you pick and i think um i would put my foot down pretty hard that, cl- that the clash would get included here to be honest i'm fine with that mate okay good I'd, yeah I'd, i generally am so are, are we both in agreement that dead kennedys yeah well if we do that then okay so it would be at the moment the clash and the dead kennedys and rancid and rancid could we both pick, could we both pick rancid we did which means I can't. I agree. I, I I agree with with what you said about Black Flag. That's more for you know hardcore. Mm-hmm. But then, if that only leaves one place, I mean, I'm thinking like I'm I'm going to say that Rancid are tentatively in, right? No, I think they should. Well, no, because we both picked it. Yeah, but that means oh, go. that means okay. So that means you got the Stooges or the Ramones or Green Day or the Descendants. Now here's the case that we've done them. So we, oh, we did the, the but, case for the, the, yeah. the case for the, the, you know, the, the inclusion of the Descendants is this, right? And it's, it's very, very simple. Um, pop punk is now the definitive sound of punk rock and the Descendants invented it. I did think about putting Bad Religion in, who I think are probably like, you know, mm. Well, especially for Suffer, more than anything else, mm. that kind of, if he didn't get Suffer, you wouldn't have got the pop punk that we grew yeah. up with. And there are bands... No effects on all and those bands. There, there are bands know. like the Dickies, um, and I've mentioned mm. Buzzcocks already, who I think kind of err towards that. I think Bad Religion are incredibly 
incredibly influential um yeah you know and there was the vandals nerf x come out kind of very soon after them and all that and all that kind of stuff all that kind of skate Pennywise punk Pennywise, all that yeah. skate punk yeah. stuff happens really because Basically of bad religion yeah. and you know and offspring and green day as well as we'll probably discuss in a second but right here's the thing is that that's actually quite a short-lived thing that's actually a fairly short-lived thing the descendants like you know bad religion is talking about societal decay and you know political ideologies and you know using very very wordy stuff and you know it doesn't carry on for very long with that thing it becomes a bit silly the descendants are the ones who bring in like the absolutely typical pop punk pizza girlfriends skateboarding coffee. surfy coffee yeah like yeah. you know talking about no, my logo my logo goes to college world, yeah. i think they've got a really yeah. fucking great discography i mean my logo to college yeah. is incredible i think i don't want to go up is just as good there's a couple then after that and enjoying all they're all right to go yeah. nine years at an album and come back with everything sucks is yeah everything fucking sucks amazing to go another eight years what an album uh yep. and bring out cool to be you which i think cool to be you yeah. is one Great. of the most underrated albums from a, a kind of legendary punk yeah. band i think descendants are fucking brilliant do i think yeah. they're gonna get on here probably not but i think that they at least deserve the shout i think so i mean again this is i i think personally this is the wrong list for the descendants i'd put them in on a pop punk list because they are the absolute og granddaddies of pop punk in terms of like song structure um, lyrical content, the way they look, yeah, you know the the whole the whole skate thing came kind of came from you know the, the kind of nerdy, you know the nerdy front man and all that. I mean, you know, just you know, that, there you go. I don't know if you can fucking see it. But that's how much I fucking ah. love the descendants. Like I got I got fucking Milo tattooed on my fucking yeah, wrist. Yeah. So you know, but I, you know, they will definitely by hook or by crook be going on Mount Rushmore somewhere. Mm. I personally put them in the pop punk list okay that's fair because for me they are more associated with that you know so that means we have if we're saying okay we'll put the descendants on one side it comes down to one place if we're including rancid one place for Mm. the stooges the ramones or green day gaz i ain't pushing too hard for green day i ain't gonna lie no no that's what well yeah i think pretty much what i've said about the descendants being pop punk i think that immediately negates green day for another day they, are, they won't you know, like that they will they? Need to billy be... joe will not like that ah fucking bring it <laughs> bring it mate um, i mean they're God, definitely punk. could you sign my copy of Doofy, dookie yeah. first they've got, they got no ass. swedish songwriters just pure untapped punk rock and roll whatever they fucking said a few years ago yeah look the thing is yeah. um <laughs> yeah. to quote Stuart lee as i want to do green day continue to um uh, diminish the quality of their own obituary with every fucking passing day to be honest yeah but i, I i'm talking about green day to a point mm-hmm. right i'm no, talking no, no, about that's basically fair. Up, up to and including nimrod i'm going green day f- from kaplunk to nimrod that's that, that run. run of five albums mm-hmm. pretty fucking good and it's soundtracked you know, but they've now released my life one two three four. yeah they've released yeah. about eight albums since then i mean like yeah i know that, that's fine i've no interest i've no interest in that 
no 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 neither do i but i'm just saying that like on no. a kind of you know on an, an, an analytical level I, here it, it, you have yeah. to sort of acknowledge that and i the thing is is like no no i, I do i do you, know, you can say the same about the offspring as well because like, i was thinking oh do offspring need to oh, be yeah, on the list, list, list. I've, 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 you know but i'm just going yeah offspring is in like you know smash and x and hombre i mean look you, you, you know massively massively important fucking 90s mm-hmm. albums up to up till Adele, you know, Smash was still the biggest selling independent album of all yeah. time. I mean, you know? mate, I and you're right. I mean, look, people could go, well, hold on, oh, but, it's not like Rancid are putting great albums out all the time. It's like, no, they're not. They're not putting like essential no. albums out, like they, you know, like in in the same vein as like when they were putting out really kind of front to back killer albums. But they're not yeah. putting out yeah. bad albums. Uh, Austin no, no, and Green not. Day are. Well, this year was pretty yeah, good. It was. yeah, 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 it's good. Um, right. I think one before the one before was really good as well. Actually, funnily enough, yeah, it was, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so they're not putting bad albums out. Osprey and Green Day are putting out albums that are, they're not just like, oh, they're kind of latter period, not as good albums. They're, they're fucking embarrassing. embarrassing. They're embarrassing. What was that song Osprey released a few years ago? That was that junk in my trunk, California. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, it was, I was, oh. I'm just like, uh, who actually thinks this stuff is in it? Who bought that last Green Day album? Was it Father of All Motherfuckers? Uh, was that what yeah. it was called? Was it something like that, you know? Who actually bought that and genuinely thought it was good? I mean, genuinely thought it was like, you know what? This is this is fucking brilliant. This is what Green Day needed to do. Who bought Uno Dos Tres? Who bought all three of those albums and genuinely thought that Green Day could do a triple album? This and genuinely thought, this is an absolute work of genius mm. art. Terrible. Terrible. I'm sorry, no. It's not. And it's just, you know, it's... It, I'm I'm not even embarrassed to be like an old school Green Day fan now anymore. I'm just like, you know, that shit sailed along. I'm I'm more than happy just to have my little slice of their discography mm. and just stick to that. But uh, you know okay, you So know, Green Day aren't going on then, basically. No, yeah, in short, <laughs> Green Day are for another battle another day. Alright, so Well, you know, um so so yeah, it's it's between The Clash it's the, the Clash Rancid Dead and, Kennedys and the Stooges or the Ramones. Stooges or the yeah. Ramones? I'd go with the Stooges. I would go yeah. with the Stooges, personally. As I well. would go with the Stooges because, like we were saying, if not here, then where? If we were going to do a garage rock, we, 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 we will do a garage rock kind of four yeah. bands. But for me, it, it opens... It, that would be more of a case of talking about the Strokes, the The Bands. Yeah, television. You know I mean? The Hives. then going back to the know. Sonics and... You know, yeah. talking about the MC5 yeah. and stuff as well. And again, like, I mean, you know, I would, oh God, if the Stooges didn't go in there, I'd be like, well, they're fucking going in Garage Rock. Like, forget it. They're going in. And they'd be no, the they, first they need pick. To be in but I think I really genuinely, I feel in the same way as like Black Sabbath, <laughs> they are a metal band because everyone called them a heavy metal band. And so, yes, they are the first heavy metal band. But do they sound like, you know, fucking. Lorna Shaw? No, they don't. They don't like that. That music has changed completely, and I think the Stooges yeah, that, are the same thing. That's when, yeah, that's when you have to start doing subgenre lists. Oh, I'm happy to do that, mate. We'll do. We, we, oh, we're doing deathcore. Don't worry Bring about it. Oh, <laughs> can Sam? Can Sam come on that week? Yeah, please? mate, he will. Don't worry. Oh, um, could, yeah. All right, there you go. So the Mount Rushmore of punk rock is the Stooges, the Clash, Dead Kennedys. And rancid. That's what we've gone with. Hey, it's just a bit of fun, guys. We're not actually going to make it. We're not taking your bloody Black Flag records away. We're not taking your Jamiroquai greatest hits and smashing it up in front of your face. 
Although I probably Ooh. would have done that back in the 90s, to be honest. Yeah, um, you I hope you enjoyed that. We'll do another one of these in like a couple of months or something, you know, probably. Yeah. And we will be back next week with more fun things. Don't know what we're doing next week. Who fucking knows? Who knows? Nobody Who knows, knows, do they? Who knows? We don't know. We make it up on the spot. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't know, then I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely, and that's half the fun of it, isn't it? It's an ideas, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get someone like Steve Jobs. You do it. I've got the ideas. You yeah. go and make it. I'm a yeah. genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got an idea. Why don't you fuck <laughs> off and think of something and come back to me with it? Right. And I'll take the credit. We will see you then. Thanks very much, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Go to patreon.com forward slash true cop pop and you'll be able to listen to us chatting about skin. It's quite exciting. Yeah. And REM, which is very exciting if you sign up over there. Appreciate that. Lovely stuff. See you then. Bye, everyone. Bye, Gaz. Love you, Steve. Bye. Bye.